Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay Noon. And me, remotely from Honduras, it's Mark Edge. And we have a lot to talk about tonight because Texas's governor, Greg Abbott, put out a pretty interesting notice um, paper where he basically sounds like he is hinting at being pro-secession, at least pro-states' rights. And we want to talk about that. I also have some news from Argentina about um, Malay. It's only interesting. And Malay is the anarcho-capitalist president of Argentina. It's only interesting because they have an anarcho-capitalist president, and I'm really interested to see what, if anything, he will do. Um, So I have some news from there, too, but... I think we should start off talking about the Texas thing because I think a lot of people want to hear about that. Um, Mark, did you have a story about that? I have something here if you want me to read that. Yeah, I've got a... Uh, this one I think is sort of a follow-up to anything you might have because this is a... It's released by the Republican Governors Association. 25 Republican governors released the following joint statement in support of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's Texas constitutional right to self-defense. And 25 governors, none of them of border states, besides Abbott, obviously, but he didn't sign the document supporting himself. Um, New Hampshire's a border state. Yeah, that's what well, I was just thinking. Yes. <laughs> Terribly sorry. One. None of them. Uh, the, the the problem with the Canadians sneaking up, uh, across the border is entirely different. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not a southern border state. Okay. They they fit in a lot better than uh, you know the people coming over the other border. Yeah, I'm, it's. Uh, I don't know it, if it's it, just Canadians that are even coming over the Canadian border, right? Couldn't anyone come over there? You know, there, there are certainly people sneaking across the border, the Canadian border. I mean, you know, if you've got a country of three hundred million people, somebody's bound to sneak across. But Last I heard, there were people sneaking from the U.S. to Canada. Um, so, I mean, who knows? It's been a while. Well, what Did are they supporting him for? Well, I can read what they're supporting him for first, if you yeah. want, because Greg yeah, Abbott, you read yours first. he put out this really interesting statement, and I could probably read some of that even. It's right here. Um, this just, I don't know what else you'd call it. It's just his statement. It says, Governor Greg Abbott, January 24th, 2024, so it was yesterday. The federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws, on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. Which really surprises me because his um, stance on illegal immigration seems to be a lot harder than Trump's. Like, forget about the words they say, the words that come out of their mouth. More people are getting deported and it's harder to get over the border now. So it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I th- I'm, I'm suspicious about all of this. I'm not some kind of like Greg Abbott fan. I actually hate him. <laughs> Why is um, that? Well, because I lived there while under his boot in 2020 and he ruined my life by... Um, all of the restaurants, I mean, not restaurants, bars in San, the San Antonio area came together. And they were like, no, we're not going to close down. This is ridiculous. This is going to put us out of business. And Greg Abbott, along with the feds, swooped in and, uh, you know, forced them to close. 
he is not pro states rights. He's not pro business. He's not pro humanity and freedom just because of this one thing he might possibly have right. He is um, a bad guy. As almost all governors are bad guys, you kind of have to be bad to get into that political position. I bet. Yeah. I mean, you know, look what they just did with Carrie Lake, where they're like, hey, you know, uh, don't run. We're going to pay you all this money. You know, what do you want? What's your thing? I don't know if you guys heard about that. No, I don't know who so she we'll is. We'll talk about that later, maybe. But she ran for uh, governor of uh, Arizona um, mm. last time around. So what are they talking about here? I probably should get into that. Basically, apparently Texas itself is involved in the securing of their border with Mexico. So they have their own cops there. They have their own um, supplies. Like they use razor wire, apparently, which I think is inhumane um, and wrong. But apparently the other thing about it is like it doesn't hurt anyone because they just know how to get around it. They like put something on their back and crawl under it. It's it's not that hard. Um, But Texas does this themselves, right? And... The feds said that they have the right to go in there and remove the razor wire. And yeah, this is amazing. And um, I think that that's really messed up because the federal government shouldn't have the right to go do that. And the thing is, like, I'm not pro state at all. I don't really believe in a border. But if this even if this is the subject that gets people starting to realize, like, the feds shouldn't be allowed to do that, the feds shouldn't be allowed to um, tell states what they can and can't do. I'm honestly happy that the conversation's getting started. There, there's a video of a uh, of a loader, uh, a, you know what you would call like a payloader, uh, a, a, a thing. You know, a loader is um, like a tractor that is used to like you know put dirt, for example, in the back of a dump truck. They call it a loader, the articulated loader, and it's got forks on it like a forklift, but it's a, it's a it's a loader, a wheel loader with forks. If anybody wants to internet search what a wheel loader is, it'll pop right up. And there's video of the feds, this uh, Customs Border Patrol, whatever they're called, going up to the razor wire with this loader with forks on it and lifting up the razor wire, letting all the you know people come in. And there's also video, it was uh, James O'Keefe was on with uh, Luke Rudowski the other day. Luke, Luke Rudowski's actually been doing a really good like uh, podcast a couple times a week, like an hour, two hour long form podcast, which I've been begging him to do for a very long time. And uh, he had uh, James O'Keefe on the other night and they were talking about how uh, they met these guys down in Arizona that were basically just keep on going back into Mexico and coming up through the border collecting $2,200, collecting a a smartphone and uh, collecting um, like an EBT card or something or some kind of food card. Uh, And there, and you know, one guy was bragging about, Oh, I've done this eight times already, you know, in the past month, they just, you know, they're they're just giving it out. And, you know, the Biden administration is encouraging all of these people to, you know, come up to this country and get free things. You have like a George Soros linked, some kind of organization that is, uh, funding and sponsoring and like paying money to like get, you know for like bus companies and like rail transport of you know transporting these migrants from wherever in South and Central America right up to the U.S. border. Um, it sounds like a classic invasion, uh, you know, to me. What it sounds like is a grift. If uh, you know, if you're going to give away money to people who manage to cross the border and then make it easy for them to cross the border, they're going to do that. Um, this is where I depart with the people who are, you know, pro-immigration. Is where they 
give anybody money. Look, as far as I'm concerned, people should become the, able to come to the United States. They should be able to work their asses off like everybody else's grandparents, great grandparents and great, great grandparents did. And they, you know, should be able to build a life for themselves. This whole getting free stuff because, you know, you've got problems in your home country or whatever the the, the situation is. I feel, like that doesn't come, I feel like that doesn't isn't as common in like with like people coming over from Mexico as it is like people who literally get shipped here from like Somalia. Like they literally get handed like a package and it's different. Like I, I, well, the Hondurans know the, uh, the system. Look, I don't, I don't blame the stray cat. Okay. This is important. If you put a bowl of food out in front of your house every day and then you go bananas because stray cats come and eat the cat food or raccoons or whatever the situation is. Oh, I can't believe it. Well, stop putting the bowl of food out in front. It's not the cat and it's not the raccoon's fault. It's your fault. And so I don't blame anybody who takes the opportunity who takes the free phone, who takes the $2,200 or whatever the amount of money is, who takes the free place to live, there just shouldn't be offered. Look, if you can't find a place to live, if you don't have the money to find a place to live, you shouldn't be coming. And the thing is, is there can't be open borders with with uh, prohibited drugs and a welfare system. Prohibited drugs is a big one because yeah, it because just, they can smuggle drugs up. It's such a huge incentive. If 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 just there gives was, like a a reason for there to be a black market on drugs, yep. which is dangerous. So as long as we have drug prohibition and as long as we have welfare, there just can't be open borders. The real solution is to this: we wouldn't if there was no welfare mechanism in place whatsoever uh, on a government level. I can tell you right now, this welfare system, this fact that everyone is going to be given some kind of entitlement um, has really, really trashed society, even among Native Americans. And when I say Native Americans, I'm talking people born here. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. So, you know, like, so we have like a, there's just a lot of people like, there's, there's a, like a plethora of single moms that have babies from multiple daddies and, and, and they're rude, they're arrogant, they're entitled. There's a whole bunch of them. And I know some single moms that have babies from multiple daddies that are like work hard and they're trying to do the right thing and they're polite and they're pleasant. But if, you know, in before there was a government welfare system, you had local welfare. You know, if 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 you were, you know, if Jane, you know, um, O'Doyle, you know, had four children and her husband, Patrick O'Doyle, you know, lost his job, you know, working at the factory. Uh, there wasn't a, gov- you know, a hundred years ago, there wasn't a government welfare system for that. There was the church, there was the neighborhood, there was the community. But if Jane O'Doyle is a modern day crack whore and, you know, is is, is literally just, you know, siphoning off the system or, or just being lazy or just trying to, you know, get whatever she can, nobody is going to give the local drunk, the local crackhead, you know, a, um, you know, a welfare check. And, so like I've been saying except before, the government. Well, except for the government. Yeah, but nobody's just going to give my hand out. So and, and, and if you're like a miserable, nasty, wretched woman uh, that's just, you know, nasty and mean, um, the government doesn't care. They're still going to you know give you this money. Uh, but your local community isn't. So when you have to be like, you know, it, there is an incentive without the welfare system is a great incentive to just be a better human being. Because the bottom line is, is for some reason you can't take care of yourself and your family for some reason, and there's no government, you know, socialist welfare system to rely on. You you are gonna be at the mercy of your community, and you know you better. It, it really helps just to be polite. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is, um, this welfare incentive uh, is I, I believe that the Biden administration 
Health and Human Services on a federal level is absolutely responsible for the death and murder of anybody who get, dies coming across the border. Anybody who is killed by a coyote, any woman who is raped, any young child that is you know put into the adrenochrome extraction factory. Yeah, the kids or, in cages. I just don't uh, believe that there are not politicians going and picking a kid out, you know, and you know adrenochroming. Or whatever, yeah. Or, or what is this? Hold on, I, I have never heard anything about what you guys are talking about. So, kids uh, in cages, adrenochroming. I've certainly heard about kids separated oh. from their parents at the border. That was happening under Trump. I don't know if it's happening. But no, under it's Biden. happening more now. That's the thing. Like, forget what they say. Forget the words that come out of their mouth. Biden is worse on um, immigration. It doesn't make. I don't understand why it doesn't get on the news. Like, there are more kids in cages. There are more people um, getting deported. But for some reason, he's making this stance and it feels contrived. This whole like all of a sudden just like pulling up the razor wire stuff. I feel like this is all set up for a reason. And I think that the reason is to make bizarre. And uh, like the one thing I want to say about this is that the United States Constitution mentions that the federal government and remember, this is really important part of it is the United States Constitution has two amendments to it. That's that are very specific that anything not mentioned in the Constitution are rights remanded to the state and to the people, which means that they aren't rights of the federal government. They are not powers of the federal government. And the United States Constitution says nothing about border security. So one would presume that border security is remanded to the state. It is, after all, their state line, and they are states. And the definition of a state is an organization that has a excuse me, monopoly privilege on the use of violence in a given landmass. So therefore, Texas, best I can tell from a constitutional standpoint, Texas is the organization that is supposed to take care of border security. The United States has the right to, or the power to handle naturalization, but that's making someone a citizen. And that doesn't really have anything to do with what's going on in Texas. So I support Greg Abbott and putting back the razor wire if that's what he wants to do, because I think that that is fundamentally the job of the, of the state um, that, you know, everybody chooses to live in there in Texas. Now, Personally, I think that there ought to be an entirely different system, but that kind of falls under naturalization as opposed to falling under, um, you know, securing the state borders. So I can see why someone says, look, we need a better immigration system. And until then, you know, we're going to put pressure on the federal government to take care of it. But that's that's where I'm at on it. Well, um, if you don't know what we're talking about with the adrenochrome thing, that means that um, it's something that is a conspiracy theory, sure. And I know Mark hates conspiracy theories, but me and Jay love conspiracy theories. <laughs> and um, basically the idea is that there's this drug that can be extracted from a child's blood when they're being tortured, so they get so scared that... <laughs> this is glorious. Keep going. <laughs> it's scary. So they're so scared that adrenaline and whatever is, corsetol or whatever is going through their blood... And when you take their blood at that exact moment and inject it into yourself, it's like a crazy drug. Yeah. Okay. And the claim so, is, is that like right. Hillary Clinton and George Soros and the rest of the pedophile elite yeah. uh, are very, very much into this adrenochrome 
Uh, it is a like a euphoric thing for them. It, they, they, there's claims it is the fountain of life. I just look. I, I just internet search it, and they're well, all like right wing like, conspiracy theories, QAnon, PizzaGate yeah. communities. Oh, it turns out a lot of the PizzaGate stuff was pretty accurate. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> um, and the other thing about it is apparently the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is supposed to be about adrenochrome, but um, in the movie it's it's like they pretend it's some other drug, but it's apparently it's all about adrenochrome. So if you watch that. Well, I read the book, um, and they didn't mention anything about adrenochrome in it. But no, it's like you know, a, a metaphor, I guess. Okay, um, you know the uh, yeah, I can't remember the author's name, uh, but yeah, somebody's screaming it at the radio right now. Anyway, I always I, I just want to set the stage for what we're talking about here. <laughs> Hadn't heard about the adrenochrome. Um, <laughs> I think that the Martin Bailey situation here, the sort of uh, with the the conspiracy theory uh, situation, is that. Certainly Epstein was kidnapping, or kidnapping, uh, 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 contracting with 15, 16, 17, maybe 14-year-old young ladies to uh, be prostitutes on his airplanes and things like that. And that is used as an obvious statement of the, the elites are pedophiles. Okay, you win. That seems clear. But then, you know, there's more to it that seems far less proven, which is to say that the elites are kidnapping children. And I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm open to any information that we might have. But I mean, even ever since I was a kid, there was always like the satanic cults are kidnapping kids and there hasn't well, been a lot of proof for it. Well, 800,000 kids ago, a, a, a year ago missing in the United States. And why does the United and there's States... No, nothing in the media about it. Why does the United States want to uh, separate these kids number. and their parents? It's that's, There's 300 million, um, 800,000, so that's 1 million. There's 300 million people in the United States, 300 and call it 25. Um, you're talking about a large percentage of kids go missing. Yeah, it, it, it's an alarmingly shocking high number. I was just reading some statistics about this uh I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and, and it was like 800,000 kids went missing or something in, I don't know, 2020. You know, when but one of the first things Biden de- did when he came in was basically dismantle Trump's, you know, like, um, pedophile whatever task force. I mean, there's just all kinds of, like, you know, nonsense, you know, you know, with these guys. And there's all kinds of reports that migrant children are just being loaded on airplanes in the middle of the night in Texas and being flown to, like, unknown you know locations there's reports of these airplanes landing at like chicago o'hare airport and there's a bunch of you know what are being just called migrant or like brown colored children you know being you know ushered off these uh you know uh planes uh, and you know put on the buses and the tarmac and you know just leaving they they're, they're, they're everywhere globalmissingkids.org says that in the United States, an estimated nearly half million children are reported missing each year. Now, reported missing could mean a kid that is reported missing and then found within hours, days, or weeks, um, you know, or whatever the situation is. So I tend to think that most of them uh, are returned. Look, I don't know uh, any of this, you know, stuff. This is all largely news to me because it's not my world. But um, so you do, you, do you know that when a child goes missing in that is uh, in the custody of child protective services in any state in the country, they are not reported missing. They are considered runaways, even if the child is an infant. Say it again. If a child goes missing that is in the custody of child protective services, oh sure, they are not reported missing. I'll bet they're not. I mean, they are they're considered you know, they're in the... runaways, even if it is runaways. an infant. 
that clearly can't run away. Whoa. Right. That's some, so, and that's the thing. I don't know whether I, they I are like, considered. Um, I wouldn't consider them to be runaways. I would consider them to be in custody. Now, I'd be missing. very concerned about it, but yeah. Just like this locally here in New Hampshire, there was a, a girl, Montgomery Harmony. The girl's mother was going crazy saying, I haven't seen my daughter in two years. Hmm. Where is my daughter? Where is my daughter? And and like they're like, oh, you're crazy. You know, psychiatric evaluation for you, lady. Wow. Um, you know, and this is New Hampshire Child Protective Services. I, I got a real good education on this by just Internet searching the term settlements, New Hampshire, DCYF. You take your, your your location and type in settlement, your state abbreviation, and CPS. CPS, yeah, whatever And you're going to see just newspaper article after newspaper article after newspaper article about how Child Protective Services paid this family $5 million, $3 million, $7.5 million, all, you know, all of this, this crazy sums of money. Uh, uh, the reports I have for New Hampshire that since 2012 to uh, last summer, I forget the exact date, that New Hampshire's Division of Risk and Benefit, who settles all the claims against the state of New Hampshire, paid out over $300 million, $300 million in a decade to settle claims just for one division. That one is called uh, uh, Division of Children, Youth, and Families, DCYF, because, you know, they are just losing children, because they are just giving children to rapists and pedophiles. They are just damaging and hurting children. It is insane what is going on with our kids, and there's no real media coverage of it. And wasn't Harmony Montgomery, wasn't she found, like, buried in the backyard? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt that uh, kids die in foster care and things like that, and it's uh, it's a tragic situation. And I am uh, deeply concerned about child protective services and their penchant for taking kids away from uh, families where there doesn't seem to be any problem at all. They may not fit in to whatever the the local societal norm is norms are, but for everybody who uh, who's listening right now who's over seventy, they didn't raise kids the way that's normal now either. Well, when we so. come back, we're going to talk more about. This Texas versus the Fed situation. So don't go anywhere. 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org.
It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and 603-283-6160 is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash with bitrefill.com where you can buy gift cards from big retailers, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at Dash.org. That's Dash.org. And here on Free Talk Live tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Jay Noon, and Mark Edge. And in the last segment, we were trying to... Um, summarize basically what is happening in Texas right now with Greg Abbott, the governor, putting out this statement that is really kind of spanking the feds. And he, I can't say that he's wrong at all about what he's saying. I am very suspicious of his motives. But let's get into this article from thehill.com. It says, Abbott doubles down on border invasion declaration after Supreme Court blow. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Wednesday accused the federal government of breaking the compact with the states following a Supreme Court ruling on Monday that cleared the way for the Border Patrol to remove razor wire installed installed by Texas along the U.S.-Mexico border. In a statement, Abbott said, President Biden has refused to enforce immigration laws and has even violated them. It's the latest escalation in a legal and political standoff between Texas and the federal government, though Abbott stopped short of announcing any specific measures. Yeah, he just put out like this statement. He has been pushing. Well, they, they also reinstalled the razor wire. Hmm. OK, yeah, that's a specific measure. So after the government or the feds pulled it up, they Texas put it back. That's my understanding of the situation. Hmm. And I heard a report today on uh, on traveling in Keene that uh, the Texas is offering private landowners, ranchers, to install razor that are on the border to install razor wire free of charge uh, on their lands, which I thought was uh, pretty cool because the the migrants are definitely wreaking havoc on private ranches. And, you know, some of these guys, you know, they got 10, 12,000 acres of, you know, desert, you know, which um, isn't nearly as, you know, good a cattle grazing ground as acres in New Hampshire or New York. But, the realtors uh, prefer if you call it arid grasslands. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it takes nine acres to support one cow if you get some rain. <laughs> well, it does look like we have a caller on the line, and that's what Free Talk Live is about. 603-283-6160 is the phone number. You can call if you'd like to get in on the conversation with us. Um, unscreened caller, what's your name and what's on your mind? Hey, this is Rusty from Portland. Hey, Rusty. Hey, Rusty. I just had a, hey, I just had a quick comment about the immigration thing. Go ahead. Um, well, in the United States right now, our birth rate is only 1.67 births per woman or whatever and you need to have at least 2.10 to even keep the population stable or where it is yep so we're we're not having enough babies basically yeah right i've yeah and that's the that's a problem in a lot of places around the world first world countries definitely like japan south korea china etc and 
So we need as much immigration as we can possibly get. We obviously don't need to be giving them welfare, but I feel like if we don't open up the borders, uh, we are going to have way too many old people and not enough workers in no time at all, and our economy is going to go over a cliff. That's one thing I always like to bring up whenever people are like, oh, Bonnie, you and the other people who don't have kids are are ruining the country because the country's not having enough kids. I'm just like, okay, open the borders. Yeah. Do they all have to look right. like me? No. Yeah. yeah, I think that the United States really misses out an opportunity here. So the United States is pretty widely known to have the best universities, um, or at least the most best universities of any place in the world. And, you know, the idea that we're taking people from foreign countries, letting them, you know, get an education here and then sending them home doesn't make any sense to me at all. It mm. seems to me that uh, they should be actively attempting to get people who come to university to move to the U.S. These are going to be high earners and people who, uh, you know, make the, make the country great, as it were. Uh, whereas... Well, they have uh, to go through so many hoops. I mean, if you change your right. major or some, something like that, then you have to redo your whole visa... Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the the powers to be don't want this country to be strong. In fact, there was uh, an article I'd read a while ago where some German family was getting deported. Uh, and they were like, they the, the, the father owned a business, the mom was like a teacher. And, you know, they had, um, you know, they had some kids that were, they weren't born here in this country, but they basically left Germany uh, due to... In Germany, you couldn't homeschool. They left Germany and seek political asylum here like 15 or 18 years ago because they couldn't homeschool their kids. And uh, and this was a Zero Hedge article, actually, I believe. And the Biden administration had basically, you know, ordered them to be deported uh, because, you know, they were useful, productive people. And, you know, the Biden administration, who is, you know, essentially bought and paid for by, you know, the entities that hate the United States, that hate freedom, you know, the Chinese Communist Party, you know, the, the Ukraine uh, crime families, you know, uh, you know, you have all of the connections there with all the money going to, you know, getting to the Biden family, you know, from from these entities. And what are they doing? They are seeking useless people, useless eaters, the, the parasite class to come here Uh calling for them to come here and incentivizing them to come here. And uh, just, just, just like I say that health and human services is, you know, uh, it, uh, in New Hampshire is responsible for all of the people overdosing on, you know, the, the fentanyl and the heroin, you know, in Manchester and Concord, uh, because, you know, all the first responders I talked to were like, yeah, they all got EBT cards or all on welfare. Probably and- messes up their like actual like brain chemistry where they're just like, oh, I don't need to like work to, Right. anything done i i'm just gonna take this pill to get a you yeah. know yeah like like a lot of like you know the, the old people i deal with the the 70 year olds that i buy hay from for example and do livestock business with they're all old like you know none of these guys are young and spry and uh they got their dopamine hits as little kids from working on a farm so that's what they're, they still got cows they still got sheep they still are into that stuff they still love making hay and, you know, and, and a lot of this younger generation, you know, has gotten their dopamine hit from an Internet device, which is basically the same thing as doing cocaine or, you know, even uh, 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 heroin. And so now when you got a whole bunch of 30 year olds, you know, in Manchester that are, you know, basically getting a welfare check. And I, and I say Manchester, I'm talking about Manchester, New Hampshire, just go yeah. walk around. And there's like a whole bunch of 30, 40 year old homeless dudes um, that are, are clearly just whacked out on drugs. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're all collecting. 
And um, I, I can totally see that just not working would make people that way. Because like when Ian first went to jail, I just wanted to do nothing for a while. And I started to feel really depressed and stuff. And now that I am in my acceptance stage, as Mark says. Um, <laughs> Me too. Um, I'm trying. And I'm just trying to do more things. Like the other day, I went to Jay and Shallon's, well, it's really Shallon's um, hearing. And I helped Chris Wade record. And it was just like, Doing that was a total actual do- dopamine hit, unlike just sitting at, in my house playing virtual villagers on my phone. So an earned dopamine hit. Virtual villagers. The, it's an app. It's a it's a really old PC game, but you can get the app, and you have to keep make your villagers survive on an island. I deleted it. Good okay. for you. <laughs> but is there well, anything else you want to say about what, that, Rusty? Yeah, there was. Uh, one one thing that pissed me off, like a few months ago, I literally saw people protesting on the corner outside the grocery store with signs telling us not to have kids and that having having kids was like a bad thing for the planet and hmm. you, you should just not have kids. Or that was that was their protest, and I I just worry about what's going to happen. They should kill themselves. Thank you. As a protest. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Rusty. I really appreciate it. But uh, yeah, every time I see people saying um, that like people living on the planet or cows living on the planet are the problem, I'm just like, you should lead by example. Yeah, one of these um, psychopath parasite types uh, at Davos was... Uh, woman was, I forget, I, I think she's a president of the EU or something or EU something. And she was like, oh, fishing is, uh, you know, killing the um, fishing, farming, you know, like basically all the stuff that like I do, you know, is, is destroying the planet, you know, is destroying humanity. They call it ecocide or something is a name they come up with it. So she's saying fishing yep. is killing the planet. Yep. Fishing and farming. Hmm. Well, yeah. Well, just feeding people, right? They, they don't like that much. Yeah. They want you all um, eating Bill Gates's lab grown, genetically engineered, you know, 3D printed plastic. It looks like a births per 1,000 people went from, in 1950, 35,000 births for 1,000 people. That can't possibly be true. Um, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. Maybe that's 30. Oh, that uh, 35. That's, uh, those are points afterwards. Excuse me. Point zero, 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 uh, 35. You know, those Europeans and their uh, funny oh, use of come. Yeah. Um, Right, so 35 per 1,000 to today. This is global, so, you know, um, up to... Oh, this is projected. Current is 17.299, so 17.3. Is this today. a year? In 1,000 people, only 17 have a kid a year? I guess that makes sense. In 1,000 people, there's 17 births per year globally. And then um, that's they, ex- they expect that to go downward. So, yes, there is a dramatic drop-off in uh, births. And, you know, one thing we've got to ask ourselves is, what is innovation going to look like in 2100 when there are uh, what looks to like 11 or 12 births per um, 1,000 people? going to be a lot and- of cheap houses. Right. Well, they'll probably be falling apart. You know as well as I do. If you don't live in a house for a year or two, no, it's uh, it's almost trash. Hmm. My goodness. Almost has Just to be knocked year. down. Be a lot of free fixer uppers out there. Hmm. <laughs> Just a year. 
Ah, a couple of years, yeah. Especially if like you don't like winterize a house up north here. Oh yeah. And then uh and it's let's say it's, you know, the power is still on or it's hooked up to city water and then it warms up and then the water just starts going and going and going, you know, because the pipes break and, you know, just trashes the house. Yeah, the house is just wasted in one season. Sure. It can be. Yeah. And I mean, certainly um, if you're talking about, say, Detroit, where people are going in and ripping out the copper and things like that, you basically just have a barn left. <laughs> well, before that uh, conversation got got started, we were talking about what's going on in Texas with Governor Abbott um, speaking out against the feds. And it says that he, Abbott, has been pushing constitutional boundaries on state versus federal jurisdiction of border and immigration enforcement for the better part of two years. His legal team, including state attorney General Ken Paxton, first publicly toyed with the idea of formally declaring a border invasion in 2022. What would that even do? Well, I guess it gives the uh, governor the ability to take the National Guard and station them Hmm. at the border and attempt to, you know, stop people from coming across or whatever the situation they, whatever they decide. It enacts some emergency powers. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and probably comes with some federal stimulus money, Hmm. or you know, (laughs) the ability to like commandeer some private property or whatever. You know, the, the I wouldn't. I wouldn't count it on this go around. It doesn't look like the feds are going to give them a single penny. Yeah. But it it's it's also an election year. So, um, you know, the Republicans obviously want the Republicans to win. And so if they're able to make it seem like there's a gigantic border crisis, then, you know, they'll they'll get the Republicans out there voting away and, and that kind of thing. I guess that's the I, thing. Um, we have a caller, a listener, and his name is um, Sheriff Hathaway. And he is the sheriff down in a border county in Arizona. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Oh, that's the county, right? Yep. And um, he says that there is no such thing as a immigration crisis. He said there's just not that many people coming over. But And you would think, like, if they're going to come over somewhere, they would be come over, coming over every little spot they could come over, like not just Texas. Well, they're coming over where the George Soros-sponsored caravans are dropping them on the Mexican side of the border. So they're probably not dropping them on the Santa Cruz, uh, you know, area. And if you look at Santa but Cruz, why? it would be easy. Uh, no, it actually is like no man's land. So I don't know about the Mexico side, mm-hmm. but if you just look at a map of Arizona, so my mom, I, I, I was uh, sort of planning on going to Arizona this winter. I'm not actually, cause I got other things going on. I'm actually, uh, well, we're going to, um, Mexico, Acapulco, mm-hmm. and, and Acapulco, yep, and uh, and then I'm actually going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to hang out with Luke, uh, Luke Rudowski down there. Oh, speaking of Luke, if you're like into this Texas thing, hmm. Luke just uh, uh, just put out a T-shirt, and uh, his T-shirt uh, website is the best political T-shirts.com, and the T-shirt says, "I stand with Texas." And it's got a little, you know, Texas with the, you know, in the, sh- the uh, flag of Texas in the shape of Texas. And, and uh, you know, there's a Luke t-shirt. He's got a great t-shirts on there. The best political t-shirts.com. Anyways, uh, so I, my mom lives north of there. She lives outside of Tucson. And, uh, and she's like, oh, that's no man's land down there. There's nothing down there in Santa Cruz County. And if you look at the maps, you'll see like. There's not many roads uh, on you know, on the maps, and and it's actually pr- very rugged country. It's uh, 
sort of hard to navigate in general. And you wouldn't make it too far if you were walking around because it's like mountain desert. And uh, I don't know what there is for infrastructure on the Mexican side of the border. Uh, but if anybody wants to check out, you know, that. Uh, so that is the very southeastern corner of Arizona, Santa Cruz County. So I don't imagine there is much coming through there just based on the fact that there's really nothing there. Hmm. Well, it does look like we have a caller on the line. Um, unscreened like an easy play to get across. Right. If there's nothing there, you would think that's an easy place to uh, get across. But it is rough mountainous ter- terrain. Like it is, you know, it's it's and difficult to navigate. That includes that, that's just north of Nogales um, and includes Nogales, uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I mean, I-19 runs through this. Well, we do have a caller on the line. Unscreened caller. What's on your mind? Hello, my name is Itzy. It's your boy. <laughs> okay, bye. Being really gross and weird. I didn't like that. So yeah, I heard there was a lot on. of flooding going on in San Diego right now. That's kind of what I wanted to ask that guy about. But... Oh, well, he's stupid, so he probably doesn't know anything. Yeah, just a troll. Um, <laughs> So we were talking about Arizona, and I don't really know for sure anything about that, except my little brother lives in Tucson at the air, whatever the air force base is called there. And he works on airplanes and they have to go rescue people all the time who die in the desert. Like they, they go hiking by themselves and then they die. So I don't know, maybe it's a bad place to cross. I don't really know, but I, I just, I I just don't want to just take the media's word for it. Like, Oh, there are these caravans. There are so many people coming over. It's an invasion. It's like, to me, it sounds a lot like 2001. Oh, the, Muslims are trying to kill us. They hate us for our freedom type of talk, you know, like when I lived in well, San Antonio, I using wasn't... the, they've been using the invasion uh, rhetoric for since the, you know, I mean, for 20 years now, um, you know, first it was the Mexicans. Now it's the Central Americans, you know, whatever yeah. the, the case may be, um, you know, what it seems to be is the United States can't get its borders sorted in whatever way it's going to sort it. I personally would not I, I do not support anything that looks like a wall or anything like that. Um, you know, it says I, I think that we just need immigration policies that work for everyone. And right now, no one wants that. Um, if if the Republicans allow the immigration sist- situation to get sorted, especially now, they're not going to win in November. So they're going to make it a huge big deal. Gonna, all gonna die then the, the the latinos are coming and um and if they don't do that then you know they may not uh, win in november so that's that's the whole shebang here yeah and it sounds like something that they would totally do it's like henry kissinger keeping vietnam going for longer than it was supposed to just because it helped his candidate get elected i don't remember which candidate it was but that sounds like something that would they would totally do Says, yeah, Kissinger sounds like uh, uh, Nixon, be my mm, guess. Oh, yeah, I think it was. Um, so it says that they were planning on declaring a border invasion in April 2022. In that November, Abbott wrote Biden invoking a state's constitutional right to wage war when invaded. Oh, my God. Whoa, that so- sounds really bad. Like, we, we want to be in a state of war. Yeah, it sounds really bad. But he only made his official official invasion declaration public in September. 
Since then, the governor has methodically increased the border enforcement roles of the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas National Guard, citing the constitutional authority for a state to defend itself against invasion. The other thing about it is the Constitution doesn't say anything about the feds having the power to do anything to the border. So, I mean, that should be like open and shut. I don't understand why the Supreme Court said anything. Yeah, I'm in a very difficult position here because I disagree with um, Abbott on this particular issue at the same time. Um, you know, I don't think that there's a border crisis and, you know, any variety of, of things, but at the same time, I feel like that is the, that is a, a purview of the state, not of the federal government. So, you know, there you go. Exactly. I feel the same way. I don't want this to sound like I'm on the side of like, Oh yeah, let's keep the Mexicans out and I hope they get cut up with razor wire or anything like that. I'm just not pro this small group of freaks in Washington, D.C. having the power to do whatever they want and gaining more and more and more every year. Like, this was never something that they had the power to do. And um, I am totally happy that Abbott seems to be pointing towards the idea of secession in his statement he put out. So I think that we should just, we basically set the stage for what's going on there. I'm going to read a little bit more of what Greg Abbott actually said. He said... Despite having been put on notice in a series of letters, one of which I delivered to him, Biden, by hand, President Biden has ignored Texas's demand that he perform his constitutional duties. And in a way, I kind of don't like that phrasing because in that way, he's not really saying, oh, we can do what we want. He's saying, like, please, federal government, do what, like, we want you to do. And it's like... I don't know. The federal government should just like not exist. Oh, I'm completely used to anybody in the federal government not interpreting my uh, interpret, not agreeing with my interpretation of the United States Constitution. But, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that documents all about plain reading and the plain reading of the United States Constitution says to me that Texas has control of its border, that every state has control of its border, because the only thing the United States government has is the right, uh, excuse me, the power surrounding naturalization and all the rights and powers that aren't mentioned directly in the Constitution and given to the federal government or remanded back to the states and the people. Yep. And actually, uh, Christopher Gronsky gets into this in uh, some of his uh, work. Uh, He's uh, uh, destinationsfreedoms.org is his website. But he talks about how... Basically, previous before Civil War, the there was no United States naturalization. Really, it was each individual states that were doing that, and yeah. each individual state. the The United States of America is a federation of fifty nation states. Every state is has is recognized by the Hague and the Netherlands, Netherlands as a uh, its own sovereign nation state. There is uh, plenty of uh, Supreme Court rulings. There's plenty of stuff to cite on this. Uh, New Hampshire is foreign with the respect of the District of Columbia or, or Massachusetts, for example. And the uh, and the, the United States is only the District of Columbia. And that's a very clear District of Columbia territories and possessions. So that would be Puerto Rico, Guam, Virgin Islands, uh, you know, and, and that's it. You know, or you know, whatever other pair, uh, but it's definitely not Texas. It's definitely not New Hampshire. Now, I believe the United States uh, has uh, invaded the you know New Hampshire has invaded Texas. You know, for 
well over since the Civil War. The Civil War, basically, these states have sort of been acting, you know, like they are sub, uh, subordinate to the United States to where previous Civil War, the federal government was subordinate to the, the individual states. Yep, and I hate uh, Abraham Lincoln because he totally did a bunch of power grabs during that war. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. You can call in with whatever is on your mind. More coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Talk radio that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay. And Mark Edge in Honduras. And in the last segment, we were talking about um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott going up against the feds. Um saying that he has the right to secure his border, or at least the Texas border. And we'll get back into that, but first I want to tell you that Free Talk Live is brought to you by ForkFest, happening June 13th through the 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, so there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website, forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. And so we were reading this statement by Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, that has really gone super viral recently. I keep seeing it everywhere. And the reason is a lot of people think he's calling for a civil war. A lot of people think he's tipping his hat to the Texit. Um, Texas nationalist movement people, the people who believe in secession from the United States uh, for Texas. I'm not sure if I believe that, especially because his Repu- he's like the head of the Republicans in Texas and the Re- Republicans in Texas are doing everything they can to stop the vote that the Texas national nationalist movement is trying to get through the courts or at least through the legislature in texas i I don't really know how their stuff works even when i lived in texas i didn't pay attention to any of that i i could not tell you who was mayor of san antonio or anything like that i just didn't pay attention it seems like so far away and not like related to your regular life do you remember who played for like the texas rangers or maybe the dallas cowboys or 
you know. I remember someone Duncan. That okay. was a that was a Spurs player. I, I don't care about sports. No, I mean that's good. Yeah, I knew some Austin pop stars. That's all. That's the stuff I cared about way more than um, the governor of. Te- well, I knew that te- uh, Greg Abbott was the governor of Texas, and I didn't like him because he sucks. But anyways, let's get back into what he said to the feds. He put out this statement, and we already started reading it. But there's a little bullet list here. It starts off saying President Biden has violated his oath to faithfully execute immigration laws enacted by Congress. Instead of prosecuting immigrants for the federal crime of illegal entry, President Biden has sent his lawyers into federal courts to sue Texas for taking action to secure the border. Bullet number two, President Biden has instructed his agencies to ignore federal statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants. The effect is to illegally allow their en masse parole into the United States. And bullet number three, by wasting taxpayer dollars to tear open Texas's border security infrastructure, President Biden has enticed illegal immigrants away from the 28 legal entry points along the state's southern border, bridges where nobody drowns, and into the dangerous waters of the Rio Grande. Wow. So, I don't necessarily agree with Abbott on everything, and I I just think it has to be said, because I feel like this is part of the plan that they have. I think that, quote-unquote, capital they, want us to frame the idea of, oh, secession and states' rights, that those are the same type of people that want Mexicans to get cut up with razor wire. So, I just want to say that, personally, I am pro-immigration, I, I'm pro open borders. I also think that we should get rid of the welfare state. I, I understand that whole idea that the welfare state should probably go first. And that would be amazing. I would love for there to be no welfare. I would love to live in a city if there was no such thing as welfare. No homeless people. An immigrant when they come across the border should be able to vote. Sure. Without being a citizen. Sure. I don't care. Yeah, as long as long as they can't vote my rights away, I don't think somebody who's been living here their entire life should be able to um, to vote. um, You know that I have to pay money for them to uh, put because they're too lazy to educate their child themselves. You know, Um, I mean, I agree with you. We have a serious problem to where people can actually vote against our rights, which is a very much a violation of what the whole purpose and premises of this country is there you know but you know that's a whole different conversation that's really hard to like actually get through in a show like this yeah i i agree completely um that uh, people shouldn't be able to vote away your rights but the you know the the operating system that we currently have has that as part of the uh, has has that as the basic function right and um i can understand completely when people say hey I don't want immigrants because they're going to vote Democrat, which I believe I interpret as taking more rights away from me, which you know seems completely fair. I think that there needs to come there needs to be a compromise. The parties need to get together and they need to say something like, "Hey, you know, people who want to uh, immigrants built this country that um, you know an immigrant if they decide to come here ought to be issued a blue card with some identification you know they will take the little fingerprint or whatever the situation is um, you know they can't they'll they sign an agreement says I will never be able to vote my entire life in the United States um, and that they'll you know not be eligible for any kind of uh, you know uh, welfare or anything like that and 
you know, there's probably a few more things that we'd want to uh, tack on to that. But I think that would solve a problem. But the best I can tell, the political parties don't want to solve a problem. The Democrats want as many people to come as possible, so they'll vote Democrats, so the Democrats can do what they want to do. And the Republicans want to say that all immigration's bad, and you know they don't want to talk about economics and how having a growing population is important for a country. And you know, speaking of Democrats, has literally become the party of mental illness. Uh, you you just look at like the kind of things that the Democrats squabble about, the kind of bills that they introduce, you know, with you know the whole gender nonsense stuff and the wanting, you know, that they're fighting tooth and nails. So there's you know books like Gender Queer in the public schools that are you know teaching kids how to you know basically have you know gay sex with their friends and things like that. And, you know, they, but yeah, the Democrat Party has become the party of the mental illness. I mean, these guys are just, you know, absolutely unhinged, especially, you know, within like the past like 10 years, they, they, they've they gone off the rails. And I'm going to run for a Democrat, actually, uh, next time I run for state rep. That will be really great. <laughs> I would love just if you get in any kind of a debate. Oh, yeah. And that's the only way I get in a debate because I doubt they're going to vote for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but one thing that I want to say is I think it's important that we at least have free talk live on the air because there needs to be someone who's out here speaking common sense. Like, I don't like the idea that if you're pro things that are good, like liberty and prosperity and freedom, then you sound like a racist. And the only reason that is, is because of this type of stuff that they set up. I swear that they set this whole thing up so that way now when people are talking about secession, it sounds like you're also you agree with everything Abbott says. I hate Abbott. I really hate him. I hate the way that he um handles all the border and everything. I just think that the feds are even worse. The feds are way worse than any governor. What has Abbott done to get rid of welfare in, in Texas? Probably nothing. Right. And um I, I just really don't like him. He the, the thing is, there's still like people dying all the time because they're trying to get over, and it's extremely dangerous. He's trying to make it sound like, oh, they're just blocking off the more dangerous routes. So there was a bus in San Antonio that was found. Or it wasn't a bus. It was like an 18-wheeler, is that what they're called? Or is it a 16-wheeler? Yeah, semi-truck 18-wheeler, yep. So um, there was an 18-wheeler found in San Antonio in, in the summer, in the heat, it was locked in the back and abandoned and like 30 plus um, people who were trying to cross the border were in it and they died. They came over the regular port where you have to drive over and um, they had a bunch of illegal immigrants in there. And then for whatever reason, the driver had to abandon the the truck and he left it locked and they all died of heat in there. And every federal employee... Everybody in the Biden cabinet that has anything to do with this immigration stuff, that has anything to do with providing an incentive or welfare for people to come over mm-hmm. in this country should be all charged with murder. Seriously. Every that's... single one of them. Well, what if that happened during the Trump administration? That Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Every single one of them that provides an incentive. Make sure. I, I don't care who, you know, who they are. Trump, Bush. You know, it, it, put it this way. If you make it to the White House, you're evil. Mm-hmm. Good people do not get into the White House. There does the seem to be a line. selection process for evil to get to the White House. I mean, I'm I'm not 100% sure that anybody that made it to the White House would necessarily have to be evil, but it seems like the process for getting there requires enough rings to be kissed that, 
you know, you can go ahead and be thrown in the evil category. If you're not evil, they're just going to JFK you. That's the bottom line. I mean, you look at all the stuff that, you know, like I just Trump. Oh, yeah. He, you know, got warp speed. Get these, uh, you know, vaccines that are not safe, that, you know, have no, no, no safety studies. Yeah. Let's convince a bunch and, and, you know, entice and threaten, you know, a bunch of people to take them. You know, let's uh, drop bombs on people. You know, how come Hillary didn't go to prison? How come he didn't, you know, pardon Julian Assange? You know, liar, how come he didn't empire, pardon Ross Ulbrich? Uh, you know, uh, how come he didn't the, drain the swamp? Yeah, how come how come the Federal Reserve, um, everybody involved in the Federal Reserve, was not put in Guantanamo Bay where they belong? You know, uh, just you know, the list could go on and on. You know, it's just, and I think this, you know, a little tangent here, this whole thing with this, you know, bringing all these indictments against Trump and all these things against Trump, is to just make the pendulum swing so hard to the right. You know, I, I, I've been telling people, wait till Nikki Haley's president. Um, and, and when Nikki Haley's president and the pendulum swings so hard to the right, if you think you're, you know, trans, you're you're some other gender or or, or, or something like this, you're just going to get put in a mental asylum, you know, when the pendulum swings so hard to the right. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's that that's really the push that's going on. And there's a lot of people on the right that would rather have that, <laughs> you know, than, than, than the nonsense we got going on now. And it's just, it, I, I, I really really believe that it's just a major major pendulum swing to the right to where all of the like horrible diabolical things the stupid stuff the unhinged mental illness of the left is just pushed at as far as it is to the left to the right and just let your imagination run wild and these evil diabolical people are going to do 10 times worse and that's why i think that we should all just leave each other alone yeah. And that's that's why secession is a good thing if you want to be a furry you should be allowed to be a furry and live in a state where being a furry is legal and accepted and, um, you know, funded or whatever. I don't know. Shouldn't be funded because yeah, you know, that, that. that requires threats and violence. Yeah. That's their business, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Like that's the whole idea. If, if the, the furries are socialists and they want, you know, furry funding or whatever, then that's their business. They can fund it themselves. And then New Hampshire yep. should be allowed to be a place where maybe it's frowned upon to be a furry and normal people live here and we, we don't all need to be connected through this thing called the federal government that just keeps growing larger and larger and impeding in our lives. And that's why I am talking about this um, statement from Greg Abbott. It's not because I hate immigrants. It's not because I, I'm completely pro open borders, like absolutely zero stopping of people coming over the borders. I'm just anti-welfare. I don't like people that don't want to actually make a living for themselves like i would love to live in a city if there weren't bums on the side of the road um i yeah and if you don't welfare and if you don't incentivize bums if you don't subsidize poor people you'll have way less poor people yeah and getting back to the furry things like so like in a free society if somebody if somebody's kid in the public school identified as a cat and demanded and then sued the school to have a kitty litter box put in the bathroom for the kid to do his thing in the kitty litter box because he thinks he's a cat. Well, the solution is no public schools. And then that would be up to the mother or, or the parent um, to, you know, uh, that wants to, you know, you to recognize their kid as a cat, for example, to 
find a school that will accept that and would be or some do it private at their own school house, or yeah. do it at their own private house or have their own homeschool. I identify as a cat or a chicken or whatever, you know, um, mental illness group, homeschool, you know, group or something. And uh, but the idea would be there would be no public schools because all of, uh, you know, when you, listen, when you send your kid to public schools, what you are doing is you are engaging in an act of aggression towards all landowners because if somebody doesn't mm-hmm. pay their property tax, the cops kick in the freaking door and kick them out of their house. I know I've experienced it once before. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you know, Jay? I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I think that we've mostly said everything that. There is to say about this. I'll read this last uh, paragraph here of what Greg's, Greg Abbott said. He said, under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than six million illegal immigrants have crossed over our southern border in just three years. That is more than the well, I mean, are they counting like people that get sent back and come back and come back? Because I've known people like that. Like, I'd be like, oh, my God, he got deported. That's so sad. And he's back. When I was in Colorado. In like like two weeks. What, one thing that really upsets me about ICE, which mm-hmm. is uh, immigration in, something yeah, enforcement. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, immigration control enforcement, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And they would, like, show up to, like, a, a poultry or a pork processing facility where everybody's doing a job. Everybody's being productive. And, like, they would just round up, like, all the people, let me see your documents. You know, like, it's Nazi freaking Germany. Mm. And, you know, they'd show up to these dairy farms and stuff and these, you know. Super far- hardworking people. Farms where just a bunch of dudes are just working their butt off, you know, and, 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 and ladies, uh, you know, harvesting the spinach, harvesting the celery, you know, whatever. And they're, um, and then ICE comes in there and they, uh, and they, they round them all up. They stop all the production. And like half of these guys have credentials that don't pass ICE. They get put up, they all get like put on these buses and three days later they're back at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's just a waste of I'm money. Like, Hector, how did you get back so quick? This guy, Seriously? Hector, he, he, he got, he got like busted somehow. I don't remember w- what it was, but um, he's like, well, I can't go back to work over there. Can I get a job from you? He's, you know, telling, you know, some of the guys I'm working with, and we're like, hey, yeah, man, you're awesome. And, uh, and I'm like, you've been, you got back here in less than like, it was like 72 hours. He's like, yeah, they took, <laughs> they took me down to the border. And he, he says, I, uh, I just, um, I just hid in a guy's pickup truck and I, he gave me a ride across. And then, and then, mm-hmm. then another time he's like, one time I had to run through the desert. That was pretty hard. I don't like doing that. And, uh, you know, and the guy like spoke English really well. And, but yeah, he was back in like three days. I'm like, whoa, like the dude is so resourceful. And he's like, he wasn't like, oh, I've been gone for three days. I need to sleep. He's like, I'm ready to work right now. What do you want <laughs> me to do? You know, like that's the kind of guy. Those are the kind of people I want in my neighborhood. Right. People are getting stuff done. And those are the ones that like government's going after all the time. And meanwhile, they're they're putting these other guys in hotel rooms and giving them thousands of dollars a month. Yep. That that's why I just think that the problem is not as much the people who are coming from Mexico. I think it's the people who are literally getting shipped in in these programs being called refugees from like Somalia or wherever else in the Middle East, and they're actually like third world. Like Mexicans aren't actually third world and they're like killing people and they're totally freaking weird and probably don't belong here at all They'll probably be happier in their third world country how many of these middle eastern folks sorry mark uh, how many of these middle eastern folks for example have a loved one or a relative or an ancestor that got vaporized or lost their legs or some horrible disease or sickness um you know uh from a u.s made you know munitions or bomb or active aggression uh you, you think they might just have a little axe to grind when they show up here 
hopefully they get over it and are like, wow, I'm just going to make a better life for myself. But you know, but not knows? if they're part of these programs where they literally um, are be- being paid to be here. Right. What are you going to say, Mark? Right. I think that that's the the real key to the problems um, going on in Europe is. Um, you know, I, you know, again, I'm no expert in what's going on in Europe, but I really think that the deadly combo is a unlimited immigration, b payouts for um, immigrant families. You know, that's not how we made America into what it is today by giving a bunch of free stuff. We said, hey, come here, help us build a great nation or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, you don't work, you don't eat. And I think that that's a great system. But, you know, incentivizing people not to work has never worked. I I had a conversation with a friend uh, in Massachusetts, and he is a Hyannis police officer. Now, Hyannis is like the Kennedy compound in Cape Cod is basically where Hyannis is where the Kennedy compound is. What is it? That's a town? Hyannis is a pretty, like probably the most populated town on Cape Cod is one of them. It's... um, you know, it's it's like uh, one third the way, you know, up the arm. If you look on Massachusetts, there's an arm. That's Cape Cod. And uh, basically what has happened is Hyannis, all of the um, hotels are full of migrants. They are all like like the grocery stores down there, like in the wintertime, you know, they, they sell like, you know, probably 20 to 30 percent of what they sell in the summertime. Because Cape Cod is essentially like a ghost town all winter. It, you know, it's a it's a summertime beach, you know, vacation area, and the hotels are most of them are closed down. Well, they're all they're all occupied. They're all full of migrants. And my police officer friend, who I used to sell hay to, uh, he was like, "It is unbelievable." He's he says that they are constantly uh, drinking. Uh, you go to any of these places, it is just booze. And it is weed and like the dispensaries are like, you know, you know, the, the, the legal, you know, marijuana dispensaries are like the, the migrants are just, you know, they're, they're just making the dispensaries are making cash, big time money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, 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 they are, um, and, and I don't care if you smoke it or if you drink, um, if I, if I have but to if pay you're not for working, it, yeah. if, if I'm forced by gunpoint to pay for it, yeah, I care about it. Uh, but he says anyways, that there's like constantly fighting, um, he's like, there's uh, attempted rapes. There's um, there's all kinds of you know gun violence. There's gunshots being going off. There's a whole bunch of like Jamaican refugees. There's like uh, I, there's a big J- Jamaican issue down uh, uh, down there. Um, there is uh, he he was just kind of like rattling off you know a bunch of like like issues and and he's like he's actually thinking about moving to New Hampshire. Um, he is working on selling his house. Um, he was, he was like, would you be mad if I came to New Hampshire and became a cop? I'm like, no, you're a good guy. I go, I'd want to see a guy like you be a cop in New Hampshire. I actually would love to see free stater minded people become cops because those positions are going to be filled anyways, as long as, you know, this system's going on. So it might as well be liberty minded people, you know, hanging out in patrol cars and just helping people and not harassing people. I agree completely. Um, there's also this city or not city park in new york city i can't find the where i saw the article about us was looking for but there's this park in new york city where there's like migrants being held in um well not held but like put up in rooms in this um building right across from the park and they're just so bad they just 
pee and poop on the streets and like leave cups filled with poop. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Like those types of people don't belong in America. Like if you want to poop on the street, you don't belong in America. I I would be fine with us um, not being associated with San Francisco too for the same reason. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. You can call in with whatever is on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. More coming up. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. ShireSociety.com It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and 603-283- 6160 is the phone number here. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay. And Mark here in beautiful Utila, Honduras. And Jay, you had something that you wanted to tell them? Yes. Uh, Anarchapulco 2024 Reborn. Um, I'm going to be there with my wife and kids. Uh, it Actually... Somebody just donated a forge. Looks like I might be building an anvil when wow. I show up there. I'm not. I'm sorry. Somebody donated an anvil, and it looks like I might be building a forge. Uh, we're going to be getting there like four days before the event starts. But uh, so I might be. I, I'm hoping we can pull off this blacksmithing there. That's going to be my workshop. But anyways, uh, I will be. Uh, That's on, expensive. I just looked up anvil. Uh, well, somebody donated one. That's some, really some, nice. Some, 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 somebody involved. And with uh, hoping to encourage me to put on the same thing I put on at Porkfest. I'm like, well, we need a lot more tools. They're like, send me a list, which I only, which I haven't sent them yet. I got to finish the list. Anyways, so Anarchapulco uh, is, is happening February 11th through 16th uh, in Acapulco, Mexico. Uh, I'm going to be talking about investing in our posterity. Uh, Marjorie Wildcraft will be there. I'm actually very excited to meet her. She is um, someone I've uh, sort of followed on and off for years, and she's like an awesome gardener and really into like herbal stuff and tinctures, and she's just a great wealth of knowledge, um, like a you know just someone that my wife and I are really looking to meet. 
uh, Max Egan. We're, we're uh, uh, excited to meet him. Uh, Jeff Berwick, of course, and Lucy. Uh, my kids really want to meet Lucy. They, we watch, I would love uh, to meet Lucy, too. We watch uh, the Jeff and Lucy walk and talks together sometimes. That's Jeff Berwick's dog. It's a chihuahua. Yeah, and he's got uh, a baby uh, boy who's, like I think, going to be about one year old, roughly, or almost one year old. Anyways, um, uh, it's uh, taking place uh, in a... Uh, I can't remember the what the hotel is called, but the, also secret the, garden? the secret garden oh. is part of the hotel. Uh, it's kind of like an outdoor deal, and uh, beautiful weather, beautiful time. Uh, the in the uh, walk and talk videos that Max Egan does and Jeff Berwick does, like everything's looking good. There's um, you know they're rebuilding everything. Uh, a lot of the hotels are, are open again because there was again. a hurricane there. Yeah, it was a hurricane a few months ago, C- Category Five. And uh, if you're interested in going to Anarchapulco, there's going to be tons of great speakers. You should come check it out. Uh, and if you buy tickets, uh, use coupon code J at checkout and you'll get a 10% discount. And that's on anarchapulco.com. Thank you for that, Jay. We do have a caller on the line. Ricky from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, thank you there, Miss Bonnie. Brother Jay, Brother Mark, good evening. Good evening, Ricky. What's on your mind? No doubt. Well, you know, before I go into it, I have to admit, I have to admit that, Miss Bonnie. You made me so happy tonight. I'm sitting here listening, and here comes Scooter, and you just blow him off completely. Now, you know he's totally banging his head up against the wall at that moment. <laughs> Uh, no doubt. What the hell is wrong with this person? What rock? I remember when he came. He just came from under some rock, and he's like a bad dream that won't go away. Yeah, he's scooter or Skeeter. Skeeter. Uh, yeah, I think you call him Scooter. But I think he's an I think he's an AI bot. <laughs> hey, my, I don't know what the hell he is, but you know that I'd like to know what he does during the week when he's not pestering everybody on this program. I can't even imagine. I, mean, I don't want community. to think of that. There's always some. Well, I, know, but I feel bad for the people. It, it, <laughs> he's either an AI bot or like the FBI has like an, an allotment allowance for like one individual at a time that they could put on a payroll that they're, you know, part of their job is just harassing Free Talk Live. I mean, we've yeah, all, there's always been some. Ultra, he was just awakened and Harry appeared. No doubt. But on a serious note here, I hear you talking about secession with Texas. And it's very sad, actually, because, you know, I do occasionally talk to people from Texas, and I've been talking to them. The secession is something that's very important to me. And I will say it's a very different set of circumstances. But, see, this is definitely – I totally agree with you, Miss Bonnie. This is a case of smoke and mirrors. Uh, their government – First of all, it's definitely not a representation of the people of Texas. That's obvious. And this is a case of smoke and mirrors. And I think really the reason why is, you know, generally speaking, I find the people of Texas to be very strong people. I think this is just, uh, you know, an attempt to use secession. Okay, here we're doing it. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. Oh, sorry. Sorry, folks. It didn't quite happen. And they're totally destroyed. You know, that's a good way to beat these people down, you know? Hmm. That could totally be I mean, it. that's just a thought on my side. And plus, they have statehood. And that's something I wanted to talk to you all about. You see, I've talked about my, you know, plans on running for that seat in District 189. And my purpose, now, I will do other things. I can't do it overnight in five minutes. But I will do it, is to blow it away. Now, the difference here, and I think Jay will 
understand what I'm talking about. Here in the Commonwealth, as of 1787, we are what they call a pre-association. As a caveat, we would have never ratified because we would never hit the union, just like so many. If we wouldn't have got our caveat, which makes, which is supposedly the non-interference rule of the federal government that comes to the people and the land. Now, not only that, but that coupled with the fact that we are the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, I think gives us the ability. Now, I have much more in mind than I'm going to utilize. But my answer, as opposed to Texas or even New Hampshire, when we did it in the 90s, they used a liaison. And that's crap. That's the asking permission route. And we did get the Independent Sovereignty Act, so something good came out of it. You cannot ask the federal government. My answer is once you have the people, say 60% or better, House blows away in the middle of the night, boom, it's gone. There goes the Fed and the state with it. Now, I do have a plan, which I am not really speaking about, because I want to give them a heads up so they can find a way to weasel out. But I will say it's involving our own Constitution, which I find novel from the standpoint of a constitutionalist, you know, to use that to blow the damn thing away. What are we blowing away? The U.S. Constitution, Mark, you would love it. You're all uh, there goes there goes your income tax. <laughs> well, I'm certainly not a fan of the income tax. Income taxes. Nobody, nobody is. It's for you enemies know, and, of the United States. What's that? Income taxes for enemies of the United States. If you read the Trading with the Enemy Act, uh, United States citizens were added to, were included with the list of enemies of the United States, and when the Trading with the Enemy Act was uh, amended in 1933. Right. A lot of people say, okay, Commonwealth, what are you going to do? If you blow if you blow away not only income tax, but you blow all taxes away, what are you going to do? Now, I know it sounds crazy, but I've done my own canvassing and I do know the people here at the Commonwealth quite well. And and the answer would be, believe it or not, and I believe this would be successful, a voluntary donation. You know, say of like maybe 2%. And it's not something you're obligated to do. And if you don't have it, it's not like we're going to send a Gestapo out for you. You pay it when you have it. There'll be plenty enough money. I mean, 2% doesn't sound like much, but we have 8.3 million people. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but there's plenty enough to have it. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. Because people here love to be part of their community. And if people were willingly part of their government, as opposed to being mandatory, I th- they would be very hip to it, you know? And you don't have to pay it. It's not like you're forced. There'll be plenty enough money. Well, I, I just... I, I think that any government that uh, is voluntary is one that I'm uh, looking for, sure. And I think that Javier Malay in Argentina is probably doing a much better job at getting his state closer to that than um ricky will probably be able to do from a congress spot or whatever it is congressional district spot in pennsylvania and i wanted to talk about that mark i want to know does anyone in honduras like talk about argentina and what's going on there or do they not care because it's still too far away i just spoke with an argentinian this morning Hmm. uh regarding what's going on there and you know he uh voted for malay but he's not excited about him is it because of the protests i think he's uh mostly just something had to be done was the reason that he uh voted malay in is that everything that had been done up to that point wasn't working and that he felt like you know he just had to something had to change 
I'm getting more and more actually excited about him. And Mm -hmm. I just think that the English news agencies aren't putting out like everything he's doing because they don't even want to bring attention to it. And it's like out of sight, out of mind. So that's why I asked about, um, about Honduras because it's like people in America don't care at all. Probably half of them don't know what Argentina is. And, um, I really want to get more information about him, but I found this. Apparently, there's been protests in Buenos Aires. In Buenos Aires, yep. And um, I looked it up. It's Aires. Wait, it's, oh, it's Iris? Aires, yeah. Hmm. I thought Aires. I looked it up and I was right. It's just going to go fast. Well, anyways. Just roll through it. That's what they do. Buenos Aires <laughs> in Argentina. Um, there's been protests there, and it's so funny because it said... At least 200,000 unionized workers of the country's 5 million or so will be marching in the streets of Buenos Aires today. And I heard in, I, I'm in a group chat on Signal, and a lot of people are in Argentina in that chat. A lot of them are saying that the reports were like 20,000 at the most. So like a tenth, of, right, of what they were saying, I think. And, yeah, it's um, a huge number of people though, but yeah. Yeah, but still, it's way less than the, what they were saying. And those people are unionized workers who are mad because of the stuff that Javier Malay is doing. And that just sounds like a good sign to me. Unionized workers being mad sounds great. Yeah, they weren't going to be happy. Um, you know, I mean, basically, they, they've got the sweetest of gigs and they want to continue to ride the backs of the uh, you know, disadvantaged uh, Argentinians until the whole country is just ripped apart. And, you know, I mean, the union workers have long believed, you know, been in bed with the socialists and believe that, you know, if we would just do socialism right, it mm-hmm. will work. And, you know, I, I, I encourage them to find the place where that does socialism right. It's just like here in uh, New Hampshire. The only people that dislike the free staters are the parasite class. Hmm. And by parasite class, I you don't have to be a government employee to be a parasite. In fact, um, even I, I've been f- finding a lot of the uh, government employees that I do talk to that like the free staters and like what the free state project's about are like the guys who like work for the highway department doing road construction. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Those that plow. Yeah, oh, that plow, that do road construction, uh, that do people who like like some of the cops that I talk to that like, you know, have families, especially family people. They I, I have very I can't find any family people really that dislike the uh, Free State Project. Um, but like it's very much uh, parasite class, like people who work for the government, hardcore like leftist types, you know, like the school teachers and, you know, the, the people who have uh, who like they know their pension will not exist if the only purpose of government is to protect life, liberty and property. There would be no government employee pension funds. They just would not exist because the only way those things can be propped up is by pointing guns at people and forcing them to pay for them. Uh, you know, this is why property tax is so expensive and stuff. And one thing that's really weird about the messed up economy in Argentina is that people who do basically anything productive are not the unionized workers that are um, making like any sort of money. Like the lowest paid doctors in the entire world are in Argentina. Like doctors in America. Well, make- that's got to be the Cubans. Oh, well, probably them. <laughs> but 
I thought that it was, Arge- I mean, I heard that it was Argentina it yesterday. It might be the industrialized world. Argentina, Argentina is often grouped into the sort of G20 countries, the ones that are, you know, big and productive. It was supposed to be the next United States hmm. at the, in the early 1900s. And that didn't come about because, well, a politician, a socialist married a, an actress and yep, Argentina, yep. you know, no, took 120 years off. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like in one of these chat groups I'm in on Signal, there's like one guy in there who he really gets pissed when I talk about like why why are you sending, you know, I I, I say only a fool would would allow uh, his enemy to educate their children hmm. and or his children, and uh, he's and he's like, well, I work twelve hours a day, blah blah blah. But so so I'm like, oh well, I says if you have to work twelve, if you have to send your kids to school because you have to work twelve hours a day, you're doing it wrong. So and I hate when people act like, oh, this is the job I have and it's the only job I could possibly have. Like, why don't you change stuff around? So he's a union worker. Hmm. Um, He's got a Harley, a, a, like a brand new Harley Davidson. He's got like two jet skis, two snowmobiles. He's so got he's a bass boat. You know, he's got like a hundred and five thousand dollar pickup truck. He's got like this huge, beautiful house, and uh, and it's like, yeah, he's just basically working his union job, paying his bills, and he's literally a parasite because in order to have his lavish lifestyle, he has to work twelve hours a day. His wife has to work twelve hours a day, as he puts it. I doubt he works twelve hours a day, and I doubt his wife does. Uh, but he has to send his kids, and then all he, and then he complains about uh, how in the Ware public school system, they literally they they asked all the kids if their parents had guns and what kind of guns they had is what mm, the teachers whoa. are asking their parents, and he's like, I'm calling my lawyer. I'm like, dude, lawyers are useless. Why are your kids in school? Yeah, and he's like, well, what am I supposed to do with them? I'm like, it's you know, so you just government subsidized day prison, you know? I says you're asking men with guns to threaten me to pay taxes so you could, you know. Have four wheelers and brand new trucks. Yeah, that's in so all true. fairness, the, they're going to pay. You know, the the an additional kid or two in the public school system actually doesn't cost much of anything because you know another in a uh, math class doesn't really do anything. But um, you know, I I think that he's, real, he's fallen it. into the trap. What's that? He's still supporting it. Well, look, I mean, it's it's easy to be sanctimonious. Um, I've never sent my kid to government school either. What I'm trying to say is, is there's a trap, right? And the trap is, hey, we're going to offer, you know, middle class welfare, babysitting day prison to you. And, you know, it's all you have to do is give your young minds full of mush to us and we will mold them and shape them. And in exchange, you get the bass boat, the jet skis, the big house and, you know, all those other things. And it's a series of decisions that you make. You know, you know, as well as I uh, as I do that when we were um, you know, when Jack was younger, we you know, homeschooled him and, you know, made a few sacrifices for that. And we're happy that we did. Yeah. You drove an old piece of crap pickup truck so you, you could not have to go work a whole bunch of hours so you can homeschool your kid. <laughs> right. So I have to pay for the pickup truck <laughs> so I could drive my kid to the school. So I have to spend more gas. So the thing about United States versus Argentina is just like the incentives and the stuff that we think about as like who's a parasite and who's not is all messed up. Like, Basically, the people who do anything productive are not even paid very well at all. The unionized people are like lawyers and crap like that, who instead of like, you know, building things, they're just making an ability for them to have some sort of stupid, cushy job where they're also getting um, government money. And um, it's 
you know, being it's being funded by all these poor people. In in Argentina, it's like really, really rich people, dirt poor people, and that's like it. And it, and it wasn't like that in Argentina, you know, a few centuries, a, a right. few decades ago. And that's the way it's really going right now in this country. And what they're talking about with all these protests is this is the parasite flailing. Like when you do a parasite hmm. cleanse in your body, like a candida cleanse, one of the side effects of parasite die-off is the hormones that candida puts into your blood to like make you crave sugar because that's what candida wants. Whoa. It all gets dumped into your blood, sort of like that hormone gets pumped into your blood when those parasites die off and like you get wicked cranky mm. and like sort of out of control um i know what happened to me i did like a hardcore you know i used to be 300 pounds like 10 years ago mark remembers when i was fat <laughs> and um and, and yeah i uh i did this intense candida cleanse and i and for like a whole week i was an a-hole and people are like what is wrong with you man dang and it's like also like a flailing dying beast or whatever yeah yeah can you can you imagine uh, all the protests that would be here in new hampshire oh my God. if like all of a sudden uh there was uh all right we're not collecting any more taxes anymore from any of the private people we're only collecting taxes from you know the um government contractors and government employees like you know it, it's supposed to be no private citizens are paying taxes there's no more property tax there's no more you know uh you know, any of this tax and and everybody would just stop operating you know governments you know uh basically licensed businesses and just operate their own private you know or entrepreneurship just, just do it themselves like oh we don't have enough money for this this type of welfare anymore. Sorry, you guys got to figure that out. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to go protests. crazy. There'd be oh, massive protests. They would probably stage, you know, um, you know, all kinds of crimes. Be you know, well, it wouldn't go too far in, in in New Hampshire because we have a very heavily armed population. So you couldn't get like you know, you couldn't get like the things happening in Oregon and uh, hmm. you know California for like protests and riots that happen here because landowners just aren't going to tolerate it and and they don't have to. Um, but that is what's happening in um, Argentina. They're, it, they're actually like burning buildings and like... Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Just that they're having protests. I haven't heard anything about them being like really violent or anything like yep. that. Um, and the thing is like, I can't really explain to you what Malay's shock slashing of the economy includes because they're just not reporting on it in English. And I know that they're doing that on purpose, but I'm working on that. I have some friends that speak Spanish that are possibly going to call in and help us um, understand everything about that. But this is what um, the, this Reason.com article says about Malay and the protesters facing off. At least 200,000 unionized workers of the country's 5 million or so will be marching in the streets of, streets of Buenos Aires today against newly elected libertarian President Javier Malay's policies. Inflation now exceeds 200% and about 40% of the uh, of the country is living below the poverty line. I don't like how they wrote that. It's like it was getting really, really bad before he got elected. And it's not like he made the inflation happen, you know? Malay right, is... What he did was to uh, basically accept reality. Um, now, when I was in Buenos Aires in February of last year, 2023... Um, you're, you're the, the, we're still connected. Okay. Yep. Um, when I was in uh, when, the, there were two exchange rates. There was the exchange rate you could get from the government or any of the, um, you know, airport kind of exchanges, 
and there was the ones you could get sort of on the street. Now, I'm not saying this is some guy with, come here. You know, it was, it's storefronts just on the street and you'd go in there. They're like little banks and you exchange your U.S. dollars for uh, Argentinian pesos. And basically it was, it, it made more sense to go to the streets because you got twice as much money for your dollar. And yeah, I mean, once you started doing that, the steak dinners were $8 a piece. Argentina is widely known for its uh, steak, the entrana. Yeah, I want to go there. Did, did you go to like steak restaurants to get really good steak? Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. Um, it's basically like Italy, um, inexpensive Italy. Yeah, I heard that it's like nothing like Mexican food and it's more like Italian food with a bunch of steak. And that sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's Italian food with a bunch of steak is exactly right. They have um, way more cows than people there. Is that so? I uh, I didn't get out into the hinterland, but well, we did see some some cows, and so, you know, it's it's all part of the culture there. And uh, so, I mean, all Mile did under these circumstances was tell the truth. And the of course, the international press corps hates this stuff. I mean, you know, the uh, the L.A. Uh, Times journalists are getting laid off, and they're like, "Oh, poor us! You people have been against us for so long. You know, I don't care anymore." And um, one part about the accepting reality thing that he's doing is basically just like he's letting the peso kind of die and um, not just like propping it up. And I don't really know how that that really works, like to explain it to the listeners. But that's what he's doing. And because of that, inflation is just going to get worse before things get better. And um, it's like a that's why they're calling it a shock. Um, I forget how they explain it, but they're calling it a shock system shock to the system or something like that in this article it says malay is working to implement massive reforms which include slashing the number of government employees deregulating many sectors of the economy and targeting deeply entrenched unions and one thing that's really cool about malay that i learned yesterday as well is that he became an ancap he was interested in economics he's kind of a right winger and um, he did not like the Peronists, which are Peronists, whatever. They're the lefties. They're, they're the socialists there. Well, his friend gave him the book in Spanish, The Market for Liberty. And mm. that completely changed him into an ANCAP. And that's like a really good book. I read it. Ian did an audiobook version of it, which you can find on YouTube. Um, Book.freetalklive.com. Okay, yeah, it's freetalklive.com. More coming up, 603-283-6160. More coming up, don't go anywhere. Hey, you are going to love the movie Victimless Crime Spree. It's hilarious, heartwarming, and carries a ton of inspiring freedom messages. Feeling down about the lack of liberty in your life? You need to put on this film with some friends and have a good laugh. It's a true story about me and my friends in New Hampshire living free, singing, dancing, and getting arrested. Of course, it's all on video, and the bad guys, the cops, judges, bailiffs, and sheriffs, they all play their part like it's out of a movie or something. You would think we scripted the whole thing, but it's real life. Go ahead and have a watch, and if it's been a while, have another look. I guarantee you'll notice things now that you didn't notice before. And the best part is that you're going to walk away feeling a renewed sense of your own power. You are the master of your destiny, and you will be free in your lifetime. Victimless Crime Spree. Free Talk Live. 
live talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the number. 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight on Free Talk Live, it's me, Bonnie. Jay. And me, Mark Edge. And it looks like we already have a caller, so I'm going to go to Gigi in North Carolina. Gigi, what's on your mind? I'm in South Carolina. Oh, really? Sorry. South Carolina. That's okay. You guys have to fix that, because every time I call, the captain says it also. Yeah, I think he saved your name as that, because that's what I see popping up here, so I just said, yeah, I'll try to fix it. I can do it, actually. thank you, Bonnie. Good evening, everyone. To all my fellow listeners out there in radio land across the United States of America, I would like to express a personal opinion regarding the death penalty. Personally, I have a big problem with the death penalty, whether it is administered by the federal government or an individual state government. And I find that the issue of the death penalty currently in Alabama definitely qualifies as cruel and unusual punishment as it relates to or as it pertains to how people interpret legally the death penalty. The individual that is scheduled to be gassed to death in Alabama currently several years ago. Oh, yeah. I was, I was trying to remember what was worse about Alabama than anywhere else, but yeah, they, they gassed people. Well, you know what? Any form of the death penalty I have a problem with. You know, Agreed. which is worse, being an alcoholic or addicted to heroin? Addiction is addiction. Death, by any means, is death. And yet, this individual who is scheduled to be gassed in Alabama, several years ago, he was placed in the death chamber. They attempted to insert several needles into his veins for the so-called toxic cocktails, plural, so that he would be put to death. They botched it. Mm -hmm. They could not locate a vein anywhere. So now they are going to gas him to death. Now, my interpretation of that is this is cruel and unusual because they're doing it again. And it's just gruesome and gory to me. Other people are free to have a different opinion from myself. I just have a big problem with this. Well, thank you for voicing your opinion, Gigi. I definitely agree. I don't think that the death penalty um, should exist. Uh, What do you guys think? Well, um, I just made a Twitter post of this. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Um, I found, ran across one of those little sort of, you know, today in history kind of things. And uh, a kid... 14 years old, George Stinney Jr. was falsely convicted um, in court, and I don't have it right here where it was, but uh, uh, accused of killing two white girls, Betty 
uh, 11 years old and Mary seven and the bodies were found near his house. And then they found out years later, you know, basically that he didn't commit the crime and he couldn't have uh, committed the crime and a variety of things. But, Oh yeah, he was, he was dead within weeks because that's how it was done back in the day. Hmm. But he was 14 years old. Now that doesn't make a difference. Really, the point that I make as far as the death penalty goes is that people who support the death penalty are the killers that they propose to kill. Let me defend that statement. So everybody who supports the death penalty will admit that at some point, somehow, there are mistakes made, especially in the past. But they're now they're like, oh, well, we got video and, you know, all kinds of things. Well, you know, let's leave all that bes- behind. I mean, the, people can fake video. Absolutely. There's, um, you know, there's there's no, you know, there's DNA on the site. There could be any variety of reasons. We don't know what happened because we're not perfect. And since we're not perfect, we should not take action like putting somebody to death that is so final, especially when there's all kinds of people in prison for life. Life in prison is not getting away with it and stop acting like it is. Hmm. So um, putting somebody to death that when, if you know, if you, if you propose, if you support the death penalty, you're proposing the last hundred people that were convicted of um, that were sentenced to the death penalty are guilty and you support it. Therefore of those hundred people, surely one of them is um, not guilty. And you're proposing that that person you're supporting that person being put to death. That makes you the killer of an innocent person that you propose to kill. And that's the reason I don't support the death penalty. It's too final. We're, we're humans. We make mistakes. Also, the death penalty costs tremendous amounts of money uh, regarding uh, court cases and these sorts of things, you know, trying and retrying and appeals and all these sorts of things. It costs more money to house these people. It's just a heck of a lot cheaper to put them in prison for life and be done with it. And I agree. Uh, I, watching The Green Mile definitely made me think okay i'm a, i'm against death penalty yeah, now george Stinney is actually the one that the green mile was uh based on oh really Stinney. oh that yeah. that makes a lot of sense i agree but he was also, a kid. agree with you also mark and, and, and to add to what mark had to say is oh the, these prosecutors have no conscience and they just don't care yeah we have overzealous prosecutors that uh there's clear and evidence it's and and it's a very clear pattern that um with anything from like they set up people on sex crimes with children they uh they they Kamala Harris for example she she's a, a famous example of this she uh withheld exculpatory evidence um that she knew that people were innocent of crimes i don't know if it was anybody who was going to be sentenced to death but she knew people were innocent Mostly of crimes criminals. and and then also, you know, I, I, I'm curious of, you know, so I know with like every time that social that a child protective services steals a child, uh, every time that, uh, you know, all kinds of things that child protective services do, does in a conspiracy with uh, uh, the corrupt family courts around the world, around the country, uh, when they do, there's all kinds of lit, list of things that they can do. And the judicial pension fund gets money. Uh, also, other pension funds of state employees get money. Uh, uh, programs for state employees to make their lives more cushy 
get money from the federal government. So I'm wondering, you know, is there any incentives for if there's a death row inmate on death row? Is there an incentive fund from the federal government through maybe the Social Security? It's it's Title Four Social Security Administration, Title Four D specifically, that gives money to the to the judicial pension funds of state uh, judicial officers, such as judges and prosecutors. Uh, and you know whoever works you know for the judiciary, um, is, you know is there money that the federal government gives, for example, to uh, states uh, for housing uh, death row inmates? Is there money they get for you know um, killing death row inmates? Is there money they get because the death row inmate you know files every single a possible appeal? Yep. And plus, we know how corrupt these prosecutors are mm-hmm. um the, i mean I, I wouldn't even want to ri- ride in an elevator with these people uh when i'm at the state house because when these guys meet their maker they're going to burn in hell if there's any justice in the world these people are so diabolically evil mm-hmm. and you, you mentioned justice and i think it's worth um looking at is is that people who support the death penalty like i used to tend to be very interested in justice they want to see justice served and i do too but here's the question I would ask is if somebody is falsely convicted and gets the death penalty and then we can see through the court system, um, they manage one of these people that manages to show that they were, in fact, innocent. And these stories exist. And imagine how many more people are never proven, because all you have to do is know that the court system is corrupt to know that's the case. But here's my question. If that's the case then should the judge, the prosecutor, the jury that all voted for this, should they all be put on death row for threatening the life of a man who was innocent? Because that's what somebody who actually cared about murder would want to see happen. Right, yeah. What Whatever a prosecutor is willing to charge someone with, that prosecutor actually sh- if, if should... F- uh, you know, if that guy's found innocent or like with the exculpatory evidence thing, you know, what would be just yep. is if the prosecutor got triple whatever the damages they were, ex- you know, trying to gather out of, you know, whoever they were trying to prosecute. That would be the proper incentives. That would mean that uh, somebody who's prosecuting would would not withhold evidence because withholding evidence in a case um, you know, to me, should should result in triple the time that uh, that you asked for from the judge. So we also have Dave Ridley in New Hampshire online. Dave Ridley of RidleyReport.com. What's on your mind? You uh, already talked about. Uh, I heard that uh, Jason Gerhardt was arrested again for trying to film at the federal court. Is that true, or am I just hearing about the first arrest? That did happen. Um, I don't think we talked about it on Free Talk Live because I don't know much about it. We could probably get um, Chris to call in or something because he was there. I wanted to go, but I just could not wake up. I had to wake up at like six something a.m. If I was going to go, I couldn't do it. But um, he did get arrested again. They were filming in the lobby and they tried to go through the security with their cameras and they got arrested again. They got charged with different things. I don't know why. But with Frank, it was like obstruction of justice. I'm not sure exactly. Frank got two other ones and then um, Jason got only one and it was like disobeying an officer. I'm pretty sure. I mean, like, see, I don't I don't know all the details. That's why I haven't really brought it up. But yeah, they were going to their court date for getting ticketed for filming in the federal courthouse in Concord, New Hampshire. And they decided to film while going in again and they got arrested again. 
Yeah, I, I really appreciate them taking this stand. You know, Me too. I, I've always been so furious with the feds for the fact that they won't allow filming uh, on these public properties like their courthouses. And, and that's why so much, uh, you know, crap goes on in the federal courtrooms because they know they're not being filmed. Yep, that's the worst part yep. about that. It, it, it's the strangest thing to me that the that somehow people allow this federal the court thing to continue where there's no um, cameras allowed. I mean, like, what are they hiding in there? Exactly. It's really bizarre. Why every most people other not court see it in America, way? every other court in America allows cameras, but somehow these well, these federal cases are just too important. And it, they so always they, try to tell people, oh, well, it is, you know. For the people on the stand and the even the defendant's safety, it's for your safety. They're but, so full of s. Yeah, that's such a yeah. lie. Well, what about all the states that allow people in criminal trials? They allow cameras in there. Yeah, and like murder um, cases, you know, they, everything. They don't show uh, the jury. They don't show yeah. the you know. They can show the defendant. Whatever the situation is, I mean, this is not an insurmountable problem. It's not even remotely close to an insurmountable problem. And the only justification that i've ever heard is it's tradition and since it's the federal government our traditions are more important and if you don't like them we'll smash you over the head and throw you in jail well we know that the federal government protects pedophiles they protect epstein for a very long time you know there there's a woman who got 20 years in prison named Ghislaine maxwell she probably got out on appeal already we don't even know about it um you know they won't like be like, oh, Ghislaine got out of jail when, you know, she gets out of jail. But, uh, you know, my wife has spent more time in court than anyone on on on, uh, Jeff, uh, on Epstein's or Ghislaine Maxwell's client list. And these guys all know who the clients are, but, you know, they're just a protected class. So the reason that they do not want uh, cameras in the courtrooms at the federal levels because they are very, very occupied and busy with protecting all their pedophile friends. And that's really the bottom line as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I also think they just don't want people to see their well, how they how things happen because they can then control the narrative. They can say, oh, this happened in court and uh, yeah, the transcript probably isn't going to get published because like Ian, he paid for the transcript and it was expensive and put it out himself. It's not like the government puts it out um, publicly, you know, um, they- and in Ian's trial, uh, the prosecutor said something breathtakingly racist Yeah, and you know, like, I'm sorry, the transcript just doesn't do it any justice. You have to kind of have the video for it to really go viral. And if black people in America heard this guy say what he said, which was essentially, um, does this look like a CEO to you? It's suggesting just a picture that- of a black guy. Yeah. Right. So the, the suggesting that black skin makes it impossible for you to be a CEO or even unlikely, um, then, you know, that would have it would have gone viral. But because it wasn't, you know, thank goodness. And this guy has now been made a federal judge. Yep. The same prosecutor that said that. Well, thank you, Dave, for the call. I definitely really appreciate Jason Gerhardt and uh, Footloose Frank's activism on that. It looks like we have another caller. Uh, one, one thing real quick with uh, Gerhardt uh, mm-hmm. there. We talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I will tr- I will actually send you this uh, now, Bonnie, so this can be put in the show notes. But if anybody wants to support Jason Gerhardt and Footloose, there is a notice uh, that you can uh, look up on Jotform. Uh, we, will, we can add the uh, foot, uh, uh, 
I guess to either you know social media or yeah, something. Yeah, put it on but, social media. But there is a uh, notice that has been done by the uh, David Jose cares for you folks. Uh, David Jose on X, you guys should check him out. Um, he's doing some fabulous work, and it is a notice that you should read. And this is a notice for the judge in Jason Gerhardt and Footloose's case. And uh, we'll 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 get it up in the show notes. And, and you just want people to read it, or is it I something want, people so sign? So you can read it. You can electronically sign oh. it. You put in your email. It sends it back to you. If you really want to make it, you know, firm to this judge and this prosecutor and you know, in this federal court building. Uh, it, so through the jot, jot form, it gets emailed to the judge. Wow! But you can take it and send it, print it out, and send it certified mail to the judge and the prosecutor. That would be really the ultimate thing to do. And then the other thing you can do is check out what these guys are doing. This uh, David Jose group, they're they're very active on Twitter. He does a Twitter space. Like I, I can't even follow all Twitter spaces he does, but they're super informative. He does these Twitter spaces, you know, multiple times a week talking about how you can, the power of affidavits, the power of notices, uh, informing your your government servants. Remember, these guys are servants. And the minute that they are not servants, they are they, they're either acting as a servant or they're committing treason. And there's no in, in between uh, with these government actors. And they have to be put on notice. And the notice sets these guys up. To tell them what they're doing wrong, explain explaining to them how to remedy the issue. You just read this notice, and uh, and and it's a really cool job for him. You can do it right from your tablet, your smartphone, your computer, anywhere in the world, and uh, you can let the judge know that you know Jason has a right to a trial by a judgment of his peers, not one of these statutory jury trial things. Which you know, a jury trial is not a trial by jury; they're two, two totally different things. I'm not going to get into that right now, but definitely check out his job form. And um, apparently now because they got arrested again, the judge is saying that for some reason that means he doesn't have a right to a jury trial now. Yeah, they like <laughs> reduced it to basically like not a crime. It's a civil infraction, not a criminal charge kind of thing is uh, what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, me either. Um, it looks like we do have another caller on the line, though. Unscreened caller, what's on your mind? Hey, Jay, how's debunking libertarian lies and... Oh, it, it, that's we have a rule. You can only call once a day, and he was already creepy, so I hung up on him. So it's just um, a loser. Um, it's a bot. I'm not sure how the rule works when you hang up on them the first time, but whatever. Well, if you call in and make a creepy voice, I'm going to hang up on you. Like you're obviously. I got calling. it. The first voice was creepy. I agree. Well, I want to go back to talking about Javier Malay in Argentina. Um, we're talking about his shock therapy, is what they're calling it, um, to try to fix the economy down there which has been messed up for over a hundred years back in the 1860s they had a president that was like you know what let's be more like america and let's be more free markets and stuff like that and they were actually doing so well that there was a term and that term was um rich like an argentine like it was just synonymous with being rich they were doing so well but then in the early 1900s, they they continued to do well. And in the early, early 1900s, there was this guy that Mark pointed out um, became president and his prostitute wife and him were socialists and they just made the, the world worse and worse. And I mean, not the world. Well, yeah, that too. But the they made Argentina, the country, worse and worse. And now they have hyperinflation, like the type of inflation where prices on the shelves are changing by the hour type of things. And people who were living week to week 
or 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 like paycheck to paycheck are now like just like not not surviving. It's getting so bad. And here's what Malay is working to implement. He's working to implement massive reforms, which include slashing the number of government employees. Excellent. Deregulating many sectors of the economy. Excellent. And targeting deeply entrenched unions. And that's why the unions are um, protesting. It says lawyers are furious about plans to fast track divorces through the civil registry without requiring their services. Oh, nice. So people won't have to pay like a lawyer to get divorced. I mean, it should just be as simple as you notify the government you're divorced. Not well, first off, government should have no involvement in marriage whatsoever. Yeah, that's the bottom line. You know, there, there should be no government marriage incentives punishments contracts um marriage certificates it, it, it's just you know the, where do marriage licenses originate from in the united states uh it was because the church would not marry people you know of different races so hmm. the state so basically it started off well first off it was so black and white people you know interracial marriages couldn't happen couldn't get married and right. then it turned into the state would the, the churches wouldn't marry you so the state would do it because you know they they found a way to make a, an enslavement mechanism out of it and you know that's basically the bottom line with you know marriage licenses if you if you uh get a marriage license um you're basically polyamorous yeah. and the state is involved in your marriage as far as i'm concerned right it's uh, it's an agreement that uh, at this point in my opinion has become weighted to one side and i don't support them generally i mean it becomes uh, it's become very difficult for dads to get justice out of uh, the family court and um, I, I just think if there's going to be um, state marriage, which I don't think there should be at all, I like what he's doing here and lawyers being furious about it. I mean, like, what kind of a parasite do you have to be to be furious that the government is no longer requiring your service or something that it's just not necessary for you to be there for? Like, hey, we need a job. Anytime- well, what if you lost your, your, your cushy job and your income and your, and, and your pension that you were just going to, you know just lay around and do nothing for your retirement now you have to work you then probably- i do a pathe- be a pathetic dying parasite and i would deserve <laughs> to die 603-283-6160 more coming up it's free talk live that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number here that's 603-283-6160 and i'd like to thank evan daniels who's a silver level amplifier with us evan daniels is giving to the amps program and that makes him an amplifier which you can go to at amps.freetalklive.com that's amps.freetalklive.com if you'd like to help keep Free Talk Live up and running and on the air. Thank you so much to Evan. Um, we really appreciate it here at Free Talk Live. And in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay. And Mark Edge. 
And in the last segment, we were talking about Javier Malay in Argentina. And normally, I don't care. I, I don't even know any other president of any other country. I mean, I know that there's the king of England. I, I don't even know his name, actually. I can't remember if it's King Edward. Charles. Charles. Okay. Well, I don't care about other politicians in other countries. I barely even care about the ones here. If anybody wants to, the most lazy way to understand about Javier Malay is to go on YouTube and search uh, Javier Malay, or maybe if you don't know how to spell that, because I, I wouldn't be able to spell it right, but just <laughs> President of Argentina Addresses World Economic Forum, WEF. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you're going to find an English translation, and it was an awesome speech it was really awesome and we did cover that on yeah, the show really good uh the other week because the world economic forum is a group of socialist freaks that uh claim to have some kind of influence over your life and wherever you live on the globe and they meet at davos um i think it's switzerland and they meet and discuss discuss how they're going to control your life and javier malay went there as the new president of argentina and gave a speech and he talked about how free markets are the answer to prosperity and oh my god it was just all together 100 percent based and awesome so yeah if you if you want to learn about him go go look, look that up but we're talking about what he's doing now and apparently he's trying to blast away at the um parasite class which is actually what he calls them he told he calls them the parasite class he also calls them a caste which is kind of like an appropriate word for it um these people live extremely lavish lives on the backs of all the workers and all the workers are dirt poor and um they consider themselves a higher caste and steal money and it's all super corrupt and even beyond the corruption it's like they have created this system like even if they're going by the system they've created this system which is just socialism basically now in Argentina, they're ruining lives, but the people voted for Argent or for Javier Malay because they're tired of that. They just want something new, and um, Javier is just like he's getting rid of the old system, and he's fast tracking it. Uh, and there might be a little shock to the system there for a while, but I think overall things are going to get better and better. And that's why I care about this because I think it can be really amazing, just extremely good to see and extremely good for the people that live there and it's going to be proof of the ideas we talk about here on free talk live actually coming to fruition he's deregulating um sectors of the economy firing government employees he says afuera that's like his catchphrase he says like you're out it's like saying it's like trump saying fired except he actually means it he's awesome i'm a big javier malay fan all of a sudden <laughs> It says that lawyers are furious about plans to fast-track divorces through the civil registry without requiring their services. So they're, you know... Yeah, he's he's basically tearing down the, the Bar Association monopoly. I don't know if uh, Argentina is the uh, Bar Association like they are here in the United States and the Bar Association comes out of, you know, England or UK or something. But, uh, yeah, we, he's working on tearing down their monopoly. And that and that's awesome because lawyers are scumbags. It says that arty types, like artists, I guess, are protesting about gutted funds and closure of the National Theater Institute. So they're mad that they aren't getting paid to just make art from the government, from the backs of the poor people. That's so I, ridiculous. Well, 
many countries, uh, Argentina considers itself sort of European, and Europe Europe t- tends to do this funding of the arts thing um, far more than you know other places do. I, I'm I can understand why people are angry, but what I would say to Argentinians is. Whatever you were doing for the last century hasn't been working. And you're going to have to try something new. And because you, your parents, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents acted completely irresponsibly with their money and uh, with their government, now somebody like Javier Malay has to step in. It didn't have to be this way, but you had to be the way you were, so now this has to be the way it is. Uh, you know, like I, I get it. Like lots of it's it's nice to have the arts. It would be great if corporations funded it. You know, maybe rich people can. Whatever the situation is, I don't care much. But the reality is, is that Argentina was broke. Mm-hmm. It was broke, broke, broke. And there's no there's no amount of news stories that can change that. There's not one of these crybaby reporters. There's not one of these, um, you know, union workers out there protesting that could have done a better job. Javier Malay is willing to take the risks that no other politician has ever been willing to do. And that is to say, hey, you and the parasite class, you've had enough. All you remoras are getting off this shark. It's about to die. If you want to save this thing, you can join with me. And if you're not, you can just sit out there and cry. Well, I, I already types aren't the only ones that are all mad about what Javier Malay is doing, and it's it's so stupid that they would be, but they're out there protesting because they want money to make art. It's so ridiculous. Um, fishermen are cross about permit deregulation, and sugar producers are railing against plans to remove import tariffs. So there are sugar producers that are mad because it might become cheaper to just import the sugar from somewhere else. I can't imagine hating the other people in my country around me so much like that. You want them to have to pay more just so you have a specific job. It's like I hate people that want to like preserve the job that they have right now so bad that they can't just pivot. You know, it's like no one is telling you to go be poor and have no job in and die. No one is telling you that people Uh are saying that you are doing this too expensive we want to move on and progress with our lives. I'm totally okay with the sugar producers going out of business. The entire global sugar industry is so hardcore uh, subsidized by the government. The reason, the the probably the number two reason, you know, that we the number two health issue in America is due to sugar. I'm gonna. I used to think it was number one. Now I think the number one health issue in America is due to seed oils, which is also every seed oil is heavily, heavily government subsidized. Mm. I could tell you right now, uh, if sugar was not subsidized, you know, it would it w- w- would be probably just as competitive to go buy $45, $50 a gallon maple syrup uh, as to buy, you know, cane sugar if they didn't have the subsidies for sugar. Because I can tell you that maple syrup is not really subsidized. It's subsidized a little bit, you know, these... Some of these maple syrup guys get like government grants to buy these really cool, you know, evaporators. But um, it's still a lot of hard work. And the same thing with all the seed oils. If, if uh, you know, we should be using pork lard and tallow, you know, as an oil, uh, as, as a fat in, you know, our foods and stuff uh, and, and not motor oil. And that's what, you know, cotton seed and, uh, you know, canola oil was originally used for. <laughs> motor <Yeah>. oil. <laughs> Axle lubricant. 
Yep, that is literally true. Um, but they, you know, they have these byproducts and they're like, oh, what should we use this for? Oh, we could put it in food and make even more money. These uh, chemical producers, which are also uh, like a lot of times parasites. And, you know, uh, just, you know, the subsidized sugar and the subsidized seed oils just basically is going to make people, um, you know, pharmaceutical uh, customers, you know, for the last half of their lifetime, the last two thirds of their lifetime. It says, but no one is more affected by Mr. Malay's shock therapy than Argentina's trade unions or more enraged by it. His labor reforms would kneecap them by requiring employees to opt into union membership rather than having dues taken out automatically as they are at present. This would leave the unions out of pocket. That's awesome. Um, they, I mean, you should have the choice to join a union or not. I mean, like they, a lot of times they suck. So I I think it's just great what he's doing. It's the unions who are leading today's strikes and hoping to hobble Malay's future plans, which they really failed, by the way. Like a tenth of them came than were expected. But the new government does not intend to roll over and take it. Malay's administration said it will allow protests, but threatened to cut off public aid payments to anyone who blocks thoroughfares, which I think is a pretty freaking good way to do it. Like, um, I'm not... In favor of protesting and blocking roads. I think that it's just a bad idea. It, but if the government is going to do something about it, I don't want the government throwing people in cages. I don't want the government be, um, running people over with cars or something. But cutting off their welfare, that's a great way to do it. I agree. And, you know, just if you cut off the welfare right now in New Hampshire, uh, well, there's a lot of crackheads and heroin addicts that are on SSI also, which is like a federal thing, social security, mm. disability insurance, whatever it's called. But, uh, if there, if, if the welfare state stopped, uh, you know, in America, you know, all these, uh, all these drug addicts would have to actually start robbing people again to get money, to get their money to do drugs, uh, which in New Hampshire would result in a whole bunch of dead drug addicts. Uh, but, uh, you know, California and New York would be a little different story. You just, you know, would have a lot of people getting mugged. Mm. Uh, but you, you, you just, these people are allowed to become just career drug addicts quite simply because the state just gives them money. It seems like he's also, um, being a little bit of a tyrant in this next section, it says that marchers were also forbidden to carry sticks, cover their faces, or bring children to the protests. Not really in favor of that. It says people can demonstrate... Which part? All of it? Carry sticks, cover their faces, or bring children. Yeah, they should be allowed to do those things. Well, what if, um, you know, what if uh, three days before, marchers carried sticks and bashed the headlights out of cars? They, those people should be held accountable for their own actions. Yeah, I mean, I think it should be okay to just run people over that are blocking the road. You know, <laughs> um, just do it. There was actually a, a guy down in uh, Arizona or New Mexico. He's got a Dodge Dually pickup truck with a big, you know, nice living quarter horse trailer. I would not it. jump in front of him to make a protest. And uh, they were blocking the road and they started smashing his truck and like, like with, with, with sticks and bats. And he just. And he, and he he was stopped when they started smashing his windows and stuff. And he just got on it and went. And you could see the truck like just rolling over bodies. Like I guess a couple people died. They got run Whoa. over and stuff. And what was really scary about this is there was some lady had a baby carriage was in the middle of like this stuff. Whoa. And uh, I went I, I scrolled through the um 
you know, through the comments and they, and I, and I found out that I, he was never charged or anything. It was, he was, it was found that he was reasonable yeah. for him to just leave because, you know, he had his wife and like two kids with him. I would totally, um, if I was like on a jury or something for that, I would say it was, it was reasonable because I would be fearing for my life if somebody's trying to break my windows while I'm in the car. I, uh, I have very little to the point that I sound awful when talking about people who are protesting in the middle of the road like i just have no sympathy for them if i was on a jury and you're in the middle of the road and he ran you over backed up ran you over again and then ran you over again you're gonna have a heck of a time uh trying to get me to find him guilty of anything you don't belong in the road look people have to cross the street that's one thing people who sit in the middle of the street to protest whatever they're protesting I you know I just have no sympathy for what happens to them. Well, it looks like we do have some callers online, so I'm going to go to Tim from Florida. Tim, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, actually, I was thinking about the possibility if uh, Netanyahu, or as I like to call him Nothing Yahoo, if he's listening right now, uh, if he were to line up a bunch of he's a big fan of Free Talk Live. <laughs> what's that? He's a big fan of Free Talk Live. Are you serious? I, no. bet, I bet he is, and I bet some Israeli operatives are, too. Uh, I was almost ran over by a couple of them today. But anyway, um, so if Netanyahu is to line up a bunch of Palestinian children and stab them in the neck on, on live television or on YouTube, I think that people like Glenn Beck, Steve Deese, uh, Pat Gray, and uh, Ben Shapiro would say, that's Israel defending itself. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Oh, he hung up. Oh, yeah, I, I don't dis- disagree. I think that's pretty hilarious. And um, basically it's happening. I mean, I had this story in show prep about um, a Palestinian-American girl. Wait, I, I might be wrong that it's Palestinian-American, but a Palestinian girl who got killed and witnesses are saying that um, like it was completely unprovoked and... I, I just think people are getting killed senselessly over there, and people are like, it's it's Israel defending itself. They, they don't know what the word defense means. Defense is, oh, I'm in immediate threat, and I need to stop that threat. Nothing else. Not killing innocent people. Um, we also have David in New Mexico on the line. David, what's on your mind? Lots of stuff, Bonnie. It's crazy. And <laughs> I, wanted to comment, I wanted to comment on what the, actually, Jay, something he said at the beginning of the program, however, he just went back right back into that same same uh, material just just a moment ago and jay was talking about the uh, welfare system and one of the things that uh, uh well first of all let me throw out the word what is it uh, enabling the welfare system enables certain behavior and one of the behaviors that jay um listed was on the uh and it, it doesn't have to be single mothers but he, i think he used an example of, of a single mother <clears throat> that um receives welfare and then is uh, belligerent and to the people who are essentially being taxed to pay her her benefits uh, because she's, you know, she's entitled, you know, hence entitlement. Um, and so she becomes not a very nice person. And the government uh, welfare system is enabling that because if that didn't exist, she would have to be pleasant in order to have people want to help her. Let me transfer that same uh, concept uh, uh, to another aspect of um, government, and Jay was also talking about the CPS, the Child Protective. I'll just use the term CPS. Every state has a different variation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
but uh, Child Protective Services is another way that the state enables certain behavior. But let me let me uh, uh, go take a step to the left or to the right, whatever, and, and talk about when, when Child Protective Services is not involved. In other words, it's a, a matter between two private citizens, typically a uh, husband and a wife getting divorced, which happens all the time, right? And so, like, if you have a husband and wife on, you know, right next door to you, across the street, on your block, in your neighborhood, whatever, and they're friends of yours and you've known them and, and they're splitting up, okay, well, you're splitting up and they got children. And if the same thing applies, the, the enabling on because of the state, if the state didn't exist in, or, or existed but didn't get itself involved, um, then, you know, each party uh, wouldn't be as enabled to be as abusive to the other party by playing games with the, you know, with the children, withhold, withholding children, withholding assistance, whatever, because the state is not there with the big stick to force somebody to do one thing or another. You, you'd need to seek some cooperation. Also, another thing that would happen is because the state is involved, the neighbors don't really get involved. Hmm. Uh, first of all, because they have no power. Um, but second that is of all, such a good point. Because um, people yeah. are always like, well, what what would you do in that situation if you knew a kid was being abused? Well, the state being involved keeps anyone from wanting to get involved because, like, they could get prosecuted. And I'm not saying that, right. like, you should go around just, like, being a vigilante, killing people just because you don't like the way that they um, raise their kids and stuff. But, like, going over and being like, what are you doing? You know, something, like, could right. could get you in it trouble be, at this point. It's also well, another way that- example of why... You know, you should be involved in a community and, like, not be a hermit because uh, there are situations I'm aware of, uh, multiple uh, situations where, you know, kids were, you know, um, potentially being abused or accused of being abused. In fact, I do know of one where a kid was, one kid was being abused by a stepfather um, and 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 the, and the, um, the, the mom uh, had a good friend who you know, interjected himself, got a couple other people, you know, in the community and actually got the, the stepfather's brother involved who was very instrumental in being like, Hey, cut this out. This isn't right. Um, you know, and you know, what ended up happening is the stepfather ended up, you know, it's essentially being removed from the situation. Hmm. Uh, the, the guy, I guess, wasn't really stable. I, you know, I, 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 and I'm hearing his third, you know, third person. I don't really, I only know one of the guys involved in this, but uh, there's definitely situations where, and, and, and I've been involved with, with them too uh, over the years, where there was some issues going on and people needed some correction. They needed some reassurance. You know, there's been situations where a mom, you know, and and and, and a couple kids had to be, you know, moved out of, uh, you know, a, a house under some like emergency thing, and they were supported by some friends and family, and um, you know, and and there was no need uh, for uh, CPS. Everything turned out, you know, has turned out fine. The kids never got, you know put into foster care and diddled by people in foster care, like what, you know, what's tends to happen according to, uh, you know, yep. the lawsuits that are paid, you know, the settlements that are paid out by child protective services. Right. And two, two, let me give two specific examples, uh, uh of, uh, what I was talking about. So you, you got the, you know, a male and a female and they split this, there's a ch- child involved and they split up. Now, if the, if the male and the female were just dating and she got pregnant, what, what frequently happens is if, if she's not a person of means, she will uh, either run to the government for welfare benefits uh, or get a lawyer and sue the guy for child support or and or. And if she doesn't sue the guy for child support, then the government will. 
but there's no incentive for him for her to be uh, cooperative or nice to the father of the child in order that he might want to help uh, take care of his child. Instead, she she runs to um, the you know big brother and big brother beats up the father and forces him to do whatever, and that destroys whatever uh, relationship there there could be, even if they're not going to stay together romantically. They still got a kid, and they need to cooperate. And then in the other the other uh, example is if the people are you know they're married and they've been living together, they got a couple of kids, and and they split up. You know, and, and every just about every time there's a split up, it's not usually happy. It's happy time. It's usually there's anger involved. And so, well, like I said, the the angry person will go try to uh, enlist the help of Big Brother, uh, uh, with or without lawyers, in order to beat up on. The, the other person, and looking at it from the male perspective, what t- what happens frequently is withholding of children. You know, the mm-hmm. woman wants gets the child support, and the man wants access to his children. And so, one way that uh, you know, like I said, from the male perspective, because I don't happen to be female, the 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 female will often, frequently, this happens over and over again, will withhold the children, even though she may still be getting child support, and usually is. She'll still play games with visitation. And she's not worried about the neighbors coming and saying, hey, what are you doing? That's his kid, too, which, which would happen if Big Brother wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and Big, Big Brother is not quick to come to the assistance of men who are being denied access to their children by the children's mother. So one thing I, I've observed, oh, maybe 50 times, probably 50 times is not an exaggeration in my life. I was in the horse business, so I, like 90% of my clientele was women. And many, many of these women, you know, had gotten divorced. And yes, if you're like, if you're dating a girl and she like has to have horses in her life, beware. Why? Because uh, they're crazy? Because they are, if they need a horse, you know, uh, horses definitely are a a, a good form of ther- therapy for crazy women, hmm. crazy people in general. Anyways, <clears throat> the... um. So, like, I don't know how many of these women were like, they get a divorce, and I'm like, you know, and I knew their husbands, too, and, I'm, you know, I thought, to, you know, some, some of them, you know, the husbands weren't all right, some of them were, and I'm like, and then, and like, and, and years later, after the divorce and stuff, I'm like, hey, why did you ever get a restraining order against your husband? And I, I literally had this conversation with 50 different women in my life. Wow. And quite literally nine times out of ten, or 47 times out of 50, the answer was because my lawyer said if I get a restraining order, it'll look better in the divorce proceedings and I'll be more likely to get what I want out of it. Oh my goodness. There you go. Yep. Yeah, I got a restraining I got a restraining order against this guy who came to my house and uh, tried to not let me back in because he thinks Ian owes him money. And the freaking judge check has to check off like all the things he said, like that that you know like this guy is not allowed to have guns i didn't ask for that or anything so like that's checked off he also checked off a a thing that would literally give the guy's kids to me so he has a child i guess i could go round up my child i mode if i wanted to it's just like these these judges don't care whose lives they're ruining They, they don't care what box they're checking anyways it's been free talk live you can learn more about us at freetalklive.com and find more episodes there Thank you for listening. Peace. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com